Hey internet, it's me, Josh, with Wing Badger Gaming, the Twitch channel, playing the hit game Dungeons and Dragons for your entertainment Whoa. tonight. I'm joined by four of my friends, and because we turn this into a podcast, they're going to introduce themselves. Whoa. It's going to start with Wash, then it'll be Jake, then Trevor, and then Matt. Tell us about yourselves. Whoa. I'm Wash. I play Jebediah Peppermint. Little mole folk, two and a half shins tall, little spit fire, spits fire, fires spit sometimes. He doesn't and actually spit fire. Generally, uh, for me, not Disclaimer. yet. Uh, it's on the list though. Um, down to you. Jake. Hi, I'm Jake. I play Alan Wadrier, an Azamar Barbarian. He looks real big and tough, and he is, but he prefers to solve problems with his brain, because he's a scientist. He also likes to just think about things, and that's it. On to you. <laughs> On to you, Trevor. Hello, I am Trevor. I play Zothkog, the Orc Cleric. Um, yeah. On to you, man. <laughs> good good job one there. Um hi. I am Matt. I play Fox, a changeling rogue, uh, who is slowly warming up to Jeopardy Peppermint as a role model. I will now go on to his life goal and aspirations from since he was five years old. And this I'm Josh, your Wing Badger <laughs> Game Master. Tonight, we're going to be playing some more D&D, but I thought it'd be good. It's been a couple weeks. It's been, you know, we had the midwinter celebration to however you celebrate your midwinter. Uh, we hope you had a great time doing it. And uh, it's been a couple weeks, so I thought I'd give a little recap on the, the plot leading up to now and specifically on what happened in our last session because it was pretty eventful. So, uh, you know, after he jumping... He isn't saying it, but it's actually for me because I have a bad memory and he knows that. Sorry, go ahead. After, after <laughs> jumping nearly a mile vertically and somehow sticking the landing in a small pocket dimension, our heroes met some friendly flumps who told them about the so-called Dark Ones, psionic creatures whose thoughts are food to the flumps that invaded their homeland. According to the flumps, these creatures arrived with many parchments and they took many notes, but when the flumps approached them for a conference to share information, the invaders became afraid and attacked them. They returned with tools for digging. The invaders did not even know, apparently, that their leaders were seafaring creatures carrying dark designs in their minds. Sensing the sad thoughts the flumps carried, Yah asked Zothkug to teach them how to vibe, which he gladly did. One of the flumps also conveyed the clue of a circle inside another circle connected by a wiggly line. The group then headed off following the river and discovered the corpse of a Zorn covered in slashing damage. The Zorn had small instances of sacrium around its teeth. Just as they were about to leave the Zorn, a Trevor runs or a tremor runs through the ground. Not to be confused with a Trevor who plays Zothkug Hibbub. Trevor sense. Uh, we we begin tonight's session as that tremor shakes the ground at your feet. But as a friendly reminder, Zothkug, the chat has cursed you, and Owlin, the chat has blessed you, and neither of you has made use of those benefits yet. Ooh. That's a one d four plus or minus to a roll as. You know, as, as, as you know, curse is bad and blessings good and stuff. 
Uh, I'm, anyway, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You you are standing on the stony ground next to the river. The Zorn is right behind you. It's gigantic dead carcass, kind of smelly and covered in slashing damage, and you're turning around to leave and continue up river when the ground begins to shake just a little bit beneath your feet. It feels a lot like someone is blasting for a mining operation in the distance to you, Jebediah, but uh, otherwise, all you know is that the ground do be shaken. What we doing? Um, is... Jeb, would would tremors like these be something a cause a cause for worry to you? Yeah, Jeb, are we about to have one of those come out at us? Points at giant can I, creature. Can I uh, roll some insight into that to see whether it's uh, precarious that there's blasting going on? You may. Would that be inside or would that be my? Whichever dirt one sense, is used for your dirt sense. Dirt sense. I believe that. I believe we said that was history last time. Trevor, you've been greeted then by you your bestie. History. <laughs> bestie. Seventeen. <laughs> Grub bug. Grub bug in the house. Let Got go. a seventeen on that. Oh, sorry, sense. I missed that. I was just so excited to All see right. Grub bug. Seventeen. <laughs> uh, you're pretty confident that with the blasting being this distant, it's not a danger to you. Um, the like. And, I mean, unless they're blasting away at the ceiling, which it, you would see it if they were up above you, um, it's not like there's anything left to fall on you. Like, it's a giant cavern. So, no, yeah, you're probably say, fine. This cavern's pretty immense, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the full mile tall that you fell when you jumped in. Like, it's been that same mile tall the whole way and stretches out in front of you in a long expanse. Yeah, guys, I, I don't think that's much cause for worry. Um, it's it's a decent bit away, but, uh, you know, this cavern's big enough, you know. Nothing's going to fall down on top of us without us knowing pretty good in advance. I have, well, a, question. We, uh, I have a question for the DM, I'm sorry. I'm the DM. Um, he is. Since we're a mile below ground, is it the mile low club? Um, I don't know. What, none of, what, none uh, of those activities that are generally required for joining one of the Mile Clubs have been have been used in this campaign, and won't be per the Twitch terms of service. So <laughs> it's just a curiosity question. If that was the the lore, I feel like you are asking the wrong questions. <laughs> I think we should head into the caves. Well, well uh, there's the. Uh, I think we were planning on following the river. There was those tracks that we could continue following down. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> wasn't there some it's other? Almost as if we've taken a around? break for a few weeks. Wasn't there some other what wash? Wasn't there some other like uh, like geographical features around? There's there was the, there was the river that we're following, and then there was like the deep crushed, um, like tracks that look like cart tracks or some kind. Yes, so um, you were, you were they following... were running parallel to the river, right? Yes, you were following the crushed car tracks until they led you into a field of fungi, and yeah, the Myconid pointed out a screamer, which is a kind of fungus that if you walk within 30 feet of it, it like it's like an alarm. Like, it screams like, really loudly, and although it won't actually harm you itself, like, it doesn't do any damage, it will alert anybody who's around to your presence or any nasty beasties that might be living in the Underdark will know, like, oh, something has walked near a screamer fungus, and they'll come over and investigate, maybe. 
So to avoid that, the decision was made to swing over to the river, which is parallel to the, to the tracks, and follow the river um, forwards, northwards, instead of following the tracks themselves. But you can still see from where you are, those of you with dark vision 120 can still see over to the tracks. So you know that you're still following them. And then way off in the distance to the north is the sort of glow of light, but you can't make out the structure it's coming from yet or anything like that. Well, I say we, uh, and I, I pat the Zorn like on its toenail. I'm just like, on its toenail. Pat, pat. I'm like, <laughs> I, say, I say we leave this big boy to, uh, to do his, you know, finish his business or whatever, and, and we get to get to getting. We do have our writs, so if we come across any any people, we can, uh, you know, make sure we get our story straight that we are employees of the, the Bright World Company. Yeah, we're, we're new recruits, everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if they demand that we should have done something ahead of time, we'll just blame our recruiter. We are fresh off the elevator, freshly recruited. What's, What's an elevator? elevator? Fresh off fresh the, off the lift. that we know. Have we known? Do we know? What it does? You have or new arrivals. You've inferred scientifically that it is for elevation changes. Or fresh <laughs> off of the elevation change machine, ready for <laughs> employment. This is great. You're literally <laughs> getting it on the ground floor. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you're continuing your journey? Yep. yep. So do we have like uh, fake names picked out for everybody? All right. Um... I'll be, um, Roach, okay? Okay. I'll be, uh... Oh, never mind. <clears throat> I'll be, um, 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 a, a box. Box? box? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I will okay. be, uh, Nelson. Very Nelson. respectable Okay, name. so it, it looks like we're, uh, let's see... Alan is Nelson. So it looks like we're all going to be things that are disposable. We've got boxes and roaches and Nelsons. Uh, so I'm going to be... Uh, let's see. Um, I'll be Pebble. All right. Nice. Very good. All right. Uh, well, I think I'll be the lookout. And, uh, yeah, yeah. we will continue Roach. onward. Roach, are you, uh, are you adjusting okay to, uh, to yeah no. on your head there? It's, it's a time. <laughs> Get used to that. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll gently put you in the you middle. on your head reassuringly. <laughs> let's put you well, in the middle so that you can, uh, you can, you know, you are not caught off unawares or anything. I, I appreciate that. A die for the tension pool. Um, I will be uh, behind Fox, like making sure that in case he falls or if he gets off course, I'll correct him. I Good can be second, second in line then. All right, Nelson. All right, let's go. All right, so whichever of you is in front, I think we may have just said that that's Jeb. Fox. Uh, oh, nope, Jeb. Jeb is in front. Okay, Jeb, Jeb front. can you roll me a perception? I can. I'd, I'd appreciate it if you did. Oof. It's like a 18, right? <laughs> That's what Perception. oof means? I have a feeling yeah, oof means not. good. Yeah. 
So I got a, I got a six, but I got a nineteen for smelling. All right. Ah, uh, how does that work? Because I have advantage on perception checks that have to do with smell. Oh, cool. Okay, well, you don't see anything particularly dangerous, and you don't smell anything particularly dangerous. Um, as as you move towards the glow in the distance, it's a it's a pretty long walk. It's a couple hours, maybe three or four hours of just slow and steady pace, but you don't encounter any other dangers or anything like that. The one thing you do notice, Jeb, is that the ground is getting slicker and slicker as you move towards the um, like what what is now beginning to materialize into a structure in the distance. So where before it was kind of like morning dew, now it's sort of uh, like like it's it's the kind of slick sheen that you would find on like just rained on mountain passes or something like that. Mm. It's you know it's constant. It's it's kind of like grimy almost. The you know it makes all the slate ground really shiny and reflective and the especially up ahead with the big lights. It's starting to like glare off of the ground back towards you. It's getting harder therefore to find like shadowy spots to walk in. Um, the river is still nice and placid next to you. It's not. You know, it's not rushing or rapid or anything like that. And um, that's that's pretty much what's going on. As you walk closer the, to the structure... Go ahead. Does the river seem stagnant? Like, is there a smell coming off of it? It's not quite stagnant. It's moving really gently. Um, okay. And it's, it's moving away from... Like, back behind you. It's moving away from the structure and back to the south. Oh, interesting. Like, towards where you came in. I was going to ask about that okay. earlier. Okay. Um, but very gently. Not, not, I mean, you could swim against it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like, yeah. it's not a rushing river. It does have kind of a weird smell, now that you mention it. Um, it, it smells kind of like, like chemically. Hmm. Um, like, kind of funky. It's not a smell that you recognize from anything, but the best way I can describe the smell you're smelling is the benzene smell of gasoline. Like, your characters mm. don't recognize that, but hopefully that helps you picture in your head like the kind of smell that's coming off the water. Just kind of a mm -hmm. faint, like, a, like a, a trace amount of something that isn't water is probably in there. Mm. You don't see any fish or wildlife in it either, but you don't see any dead fish or wildlife. It's just clear and empty. Okay. Mm. Um, I'll mention that to the guys that this don't like don't drink this water. Something smells off about it. Perhaps um, runoff from the mine. Yeah, they, they might be using it or or dumping some stuff in there. Hmm. We don't want to. We don't want to be drinking this stuff and start sneezing flowers. Fair enough. What, no. what the the locals use for their main water source. I mean, they may just be pulling their water from upstream. Possible. Or, I mean, technically we don't know the species of these dark ones. The flumps never did specify, and the flumps don't need water to survive. So, it'll be interesting to That's see. Fair. That's a good point. And we continue onward, I assume. All right. Yeah, so the, the last feature of interest before you make it to the structure is there's a bridge crossing the river. It's well-constructed, it's sturdy, solid wood with some iron beams to reinforce it. It's been scuttled. Um, the, oh. the entire midsection of the bridge has been, not, not recently, you can tell this is not what caused the tremor in the ground, but at some point it looks like it was blown apart by blasting dynamite. 
um, the just right in the middle of the bridge, there's just a big jagged edge on both sides where the middle is gone. And is it jumpable or is it like pretty big gap? No, nah, it's not jumpable. It's like 30 or 40. I mean, the river is like 60 feet across. Gotcha. This is, this is you know, like a, like a real river, not like a little backyard creek. Um, so the, the bridge is missing probably 20 feet of that. So I suppose maybe in a barbaric rage, you might be able to hit 20 feet with like a sprinting long jump. I'm not sure, but it would be real tough to okay. try and jump that. Fair enough. Um, past the bridge, you will now find yourselves in a little bit of a field of light here because what you can see beyond in the distance is written right here in my notes that are tied to a phone charger. There we go. Uh, a massive wall of rusty corrugated steel stands in front of you, hundreds of shins wide and thousands of shins tall. A strange flickerless light seems to emanate from glassy crystals mounted to the base of the wall, blasting upwards in great V shapes and giving the wall a sort of menacing orange sheen where before it would have been the silver of steel. Revealed in that amber glow is a catwalk about 200 feet up with several small box-like rooms on it. And above that catwalk, the wall continues to stretch up into the darkness who knows how far. The chaotic sounds of many picks slamming into stone seem to echo down to you from far above. And the din of distant voices from before has begun to separate into a muddle of yelled orders and confirmations. You can smell orchids, rust, and sweat. And the air is somewhat saturated with dusty particles that catch in your throat and give you the kind of scratchy sensation. On the ground at your feet, shiny with the strange slick that's covering all the stone here, blue painted arrows lead off to the left. To your right, the river stretches right under the wall and into the compound. So once you're mm. past this bridge, you'll be in the last 50 feet leading up to the wall and you will be in the light reflecting off of the metal wall. So that's why I've chosen to pause you here in case you want to change your approach. I say we gather mm. some Marines and destroy the <laughs> Spanish outpost. That's that's uh <laughs> that's my strategy, proposed strategy. Jake is great at D and D, you guys. Yes. <laughs> I I don't think we can clear the the bridge gap. <laughs> is this wall on the other side of the bridge, like on the other side of the river? No. So if you're looking up the river, the wall is perpendicular to it. It crosses the river and the okay, river runs straight underneath the wall. So it goes hundreds of shins to either side of you. Gotcha. That makes sense. And it stretches up into darkness. Yeah, like way up. And it, did you say that we see an entrance? Is, is that, was that mentioned? No, you have not seen an okay. entrance from where you are. Although we could probably, like, like what does it look like where the wall intersects with the river? Like, uh, is, the, is there an so, opening? Or yeah, the wall it... just stops even with the ground. There's about half a shin, maybe a full shin of clearance before the water line, and then there's just water running underneath it. Okay. And there's also, well, like I said, there's the blue there. arrows on the ground at your feet that are pointing off into the distance. They could conceivably uh, be leading you to an entrance. Sure. Do we follow the blue arrows? Well, so here's the thing. We have to... We have, we have a couple different approaches here. Uh, we can sneaky sneak our way in and like possibly fight the current and, and swim under the, the water. We don't know where we're going to be running into, but we might be able to, you know, gain an upper hand there somehow. Or if we go the route of pretending to be employees 
we might just walk up to the door. I mean, and act like prospective employees. Like we don't want to draw unnecessary. We wouldn't want to draw unnecessary suspicion to ourselves if we wanted to go. You know, you're not going to sneak in the back door and say, "Oops, sorry, I thought this was the interview room or whatever." Um, you don't. I typically. Do, I do believe there are a few risks with either approach. Um, if we take the river route, we are completely abandoning the idea of pretending to be employed because it will be hard to explain why we're all wet, and also our writs of employment will probably be ruined in the river. Um, however, if we just walk through the front door, we have no idea what an employee of the Bright World Company would be wearing down here, or how they would act, or anything like that. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a right answer so far. Well, as you're watching and debating what to do, you hear a soft rumbling of stone wheels turning on the stone ground in the distance. It's getting closer. We'll say, normally I would say we would observe, but I feel like we don't have that time now. I say we don't do the river. I can't swim. Ah. It oh, seems well, as though that, that may be decided. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, shall we casually stroll up through up the, the blue arrows? The stone rumbling gets louder and louder, and now you can see following conceivably the cart tracks about 100 feet to your left there is a large wagon being driven by um, four creatures that are, they're, they're cow build, but they have uh, horns more like a goat's that curve back and up their head, these like vicious curved horns. And they've got this like shaggy mane that's more like an ox. And then sitting above them on the cart is um, a large bugbear with a whip in one hand who's like kind of keeping them moving and keeping them. He's not being cruel to them, but he's, you know, he's hitting them in the back to keep them moving and stuff. And they are moving in a fairly good clip into the distance. They have not turned or given any indication that they see you. The driver is wearing uh, is like it, a Is it driving towards us or away from us? It's parallel to the river, so parallel to... It's towards you from the building. Um, it has, from way off in the left, it has curved into view and is now following the track ah, parallel to the river. Got it. The okay. driver is wearing an orange vest, and um, his big bugbear claws are actually covered by gray gloves that are holding his whip. There were, like, rocks to hide behind? Or There's the bridge. I mean, you can hide behind the structure. Like, the whole end of the oh, bridge okay. is there, so you can just go behind that if you want to hide. Yeah, I'll do that, just to stay out of sight. Sure, you okay. don't even need to roll. Yeah, I'll, I'll, Alan right. will follow if it looks like everyone else is trying yeah. to hide as well. We'll follow suit. I think we need more time to prepare. <laughs> yeah. As you're, as you're behind the bridge, you catch sight of one final detail, which is that the ground around it is being lit in about a 30-foot radius, by four small glassy orbs that are following the cart and glowing like a soft amber. So there are two of them in front of the cart, suspended in space, keeping pace with the two front animals, whatever the beasts of burden are. And then there are two at the back of the cart, again, suspended in space and about two feet to the left and right of the two shins, I should say, to the left and right of the cart. And all together, they provide about 30 foot radius of um, like soft amber illumination. Can Owlin roll Arcana to um, see if this is a magical thing that's happening? Yeah, go for it. 
18 no 21 with my uh Ooh, nice. with my blessing uh it's it's one of the colors that you can make with a dancing light spell so it's conceivable that the spell itself could be involved but these look more like like technology like electronic equipment that you've seen before um because okay. you've seen like strange kind of glassy looking crystals that emitted flickerless light before okay um so there's some weird meshing of the two that's happening here sweet thanks for the blessing I, Do I don't I know see if Alan a, needs to share that if it's going to be technological. If it was going to be magical, that would be an important thing to share. But Do I see a cipher on this bugbear? Uh, not, from, not from 100 feet away, you don't. Oh, okay. Say so we follow this. Yeah, see where it's going, but stay hidden. I, I agree. I want to try that. Um, is there a way to follow? I mean, I guess like you could go back the way you came and stay even with it on the parallel, or you could try and cross over to it back into the field of fungi. You have no way of identifying. Yeah, told you that when the, the Shrieker fungus is, like, immobile, it's really impossible to distinguish it from any other fungi. Mm. How much, how many fungi, how much fungi would we have to cross in order to get, because, like, obviously it's path. It's like you're looking it's at the field from the Wizard of Oz full of, like, poppies. It's like that. Okay. Like the whole ground is covered in fungi stretching out into the distance. Probably the only reason they are not where you are is because the river has been eroding its way down into being a river for however many years. But what I'm asking is how much of those do we need to step over to get to the tracks? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, probably 70, 80 shins. Uh, that might be unnecessary. We maybe mm. just... Perhaps we should simply follow the blue arrows... I, I suspect that might be the safest route as far as being dis not being discovered in an unwanted way. Looking at the mushrooms, I can't help but agree. I'm, I'm for this plan. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I think our best bet is to, to stick with the current plan of pretending like we're employees, so we need to be acting as normal as possible. All right. Act cool, guys. Act cool. Be cool, be cool. <laughs> so, real quick. <laughs> normal. Uh, uh, everyone's everyone's fake names again, real quick. Nelson, Pebble, Roach, and I am Box. Okay, perfect. Let's go. Sweet. Let's. Get, we're doing it. You follow the arrows. Um, the arrows do bring you into the sort of light field from the wall, but nobody calls out to you, says anything amiss. You can now see as you get closer, you can see humanoids walking on that catwalk. It's like 200 feet above you, but it's hard to make out, you know, with the light shooting up at the bottom of the catwalk, they're pretty silhouetted um, because of the catwalk blocking the light. So it's really hard to make out any details other than that there are creatures up there, and you can see some wicked-looking scabbards hung at their sides. Um... You follow the arrows around to your left, and they take you two or three hundred shins before you get to the edge of the wall, and it does curve to the right, and you are now looking at the left side of the compound. This wall stretches for uh, 75 shins before it runs into solid cavern wall. The cavern wall stretches up the whole mile distance and actually softly curves back towards the way you came from, towards the south. You can also see from, from this far to the side, if you keep looking to the left, like away from the compound itself, it's only 20 or 30 shins further before there's stone wall here again that is curving up into the side. 
um, the there the arrows are leading you to a gigantic set of basically garage doors set into the steel the steel wall. The garage doors are open. There's four of them. Two of them have those deep tracks that the carts seem to be digging into the ground, and the other two don't. So you can assume they're for foot traffic. And then through those, you get your first glimpse at the inside of the mining compound. Looking through those, you can see that the mining compound is made up of eight massive square towers of wooden scaffolding that are surrounding some large vertical tubes of iron. At regular intervals, slides come down from those scaffolding structures, leading to one of eight open-topped crates resting on a large wagon. At the origination of each slide is a wider platform mounted to the scaffolding, where several workers sort through medium-sized rocks before throwing them down the slide or into the next segment of vertical tube, where it falls a little bit further and then the process repeats 200 feet lower. At the base of these slides, approximately 20 feet off the ground, two workers check the rocks before tossing them into the wagon waiting there. More wagons wait in a line from each of those eight slides, ready to take the place of a full wagon and continue collecting material. As you watch, one of these full wagons is pulled to the wall by large cow-like creatures that you've already seen before. Uh, a sort of temporary building spans the length of each wall on the inside, divided into many equal rooms horizontally across that span by those sort of paper folding walls that you see in like Japanese um, architecture. Inside each of those rooms, um, you see there's, there's like big oak doors on the front of each room, and then those doors are lowered like a drawbridge whenever a cart approaches and the materials are pulled inside. And through those doors, you can see crowded workshops with tables covered in all manner of jewelers, tools, blacksmith tools, and even tools that you've never seen before. Um, opposite the wall where you stand now, you can see a larger structure that rests on massive wheels of stone with strange wooden rods poking out of the sides. And on this stone building in light blue paint, in light blue paint, rests the emblem of the Bright World Company, that circle bisected by a vertical line. Near this building are a few market-style pop-up stands where people appear to be queuing up for food, pay, etc. Um, you know, like fresh clothes, whatever. The ground everywhere in this building is slimy, slick, grimy, as if coated with some kind of like chemical grime. Uh, and all around you, you're seeing people walking in thick-soled boots to maintain their grip on the ground. For you, this terrain will be counted as difficult unless you find a way to overcome how slick the ground is in this area. All of this is lit by a series of those floating glassy orbs wrapped in brass that you've already seen from a distance. As one of them floats by being led by another person while you stand at the door, you can see a small hexagonal indent in the top and that it is casting a soft flickerless glow, but it appears that they can actually cast multiple colors, uh, soft pinks, warm ambers, liquid blues, and kiwi greens, which are in fact the colors of the dancing light spell, so I'll give you that for free. Uh, there are also larger orbs that appear fixed in any one location with large sort of strange string rope looking things trailing off of them, which Alan, you recognize as electrical cables, and they lead the whole way to a power bank next to the Bright World Company building. Those larger orbs are emitting like a harsh, bright white. They're especially up at the top of the scaffolding where it appears that people are literally mining into the ceiling. There are tons of these things to like keep the ceiling lit up in this really stark relief. And then to your left, um, you can see the solid stone wall stretching up into the distance, slowly curving back towards the top of each tower scaffolding. And on each scaffolding, you can see several strange machines with people standing at the top with picks digging away into the ceiling and more of the floating orbs nearby, illuminating them with the smaller dots of amber all along the scaffolding so that people can see their way up and down. DM. Yep. Um, with those large 
super bright white lights. Um, is it like daylight type light in here? It's the daylight spell. Okay. Um, no, it's electricity. Well, being done by electricity, but they are the equivalent of the daylight spell. Jeb kind of covers his eyes and is like, uh, hey, Alan, and he kind of tugs on Alan's loincloth a little bit. Yes. Can you, uh, can you take the lead? Uh, I can't see so well right in here. Uh, yes, of course. Um, so Alan will take the lead and, um, Alan will like kind of take a look around, look back at his companions and just kind of say, I believe a good place to start may be those lines, pointing at the lines of employees in front of the kiosks. Um, perhaps if we show them our writs of employment, they will direct us as to if we were employed here, what we would be doing. I was kind of thinking that maybe we would find a foreman, but I kind of like where you're going, where we might, you know, be able to keep a lower profile if we just slip in and start pretending to be workers. What and perhaps, perhaps if we tell them we are new employees, they could fit us with some of those boots because I am personally finding it uh, difficult to keep myself from, yeah, from slipping as, as like yeah. he like is like maybe like, you know, adjust the himself to keep him from falling over. Like if, a little bit of the Scooby-Doo, like your feet keep moving yeah. to try and keep you upright. Yeah. In that description, did you ever mention like a, a storage warehouse or a quartermaster's? I mentioned like a large building on the other side and I mentioned the sort of room that stretches the whole length of the inner wall. Those are the only two buildings that you have heard about thus far. Um, but uh, the problem is we don't know what their new employee onboarding process is. So if we just walk up, be like we're new, it's like, well, the new people should have gone here and this. Uh, don't worry about that. Zothkug be like, did happens. I miss the orientation? <laughs> Everybody misses the orientation. We can get away with that. All right, if you guys say so. Uh, All right, uh, Matt. I'm going to go ahead and... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm going to walk up to the nearest, I guess, milling crowd of workers. Yeah, there's people walking like... all over the place. Yeah, is there anybody looking like they're not in a hurry? Uh, yeah, there are some people who are walking casually. Um, as you approach them, roll a D8. D8? Yep, you're going to decide which of the eight different people I have here that you could encounter you're going to no, come across. No, he's, he's rolling to date. I got a three <laughs> for my mate. Speed dating. A three? Yes. All right. Uh, on sure your they're way, not late. you walk towards somebody who is... Yeah. They're wearing a matte gray slate armor. They're matte short uh, dwarvish build. And they have, you know, a, a complicated series of weapons and tools attached to their belts. There's three of them. And they're kind of just meandering. It looks like maybe they just got off their shift and their relief has been working or something. Um, they're walking towards the front gate where you're walking in. You walk towards them confidently. And they just immediately, like, they stop. They look at you. They look at each other. And then they kind of rush over towards you. And the one in front just says, what are you doing out of place? What are your names? And he pulls out a clipboard with a, like a parchment on it. Oh, oh, hey, sorry. Um, I'm Roach. Um, 
I kind of roach, roach. He begins full like. I kind of got my lads and me together because, um, you know, we heard of, of, of an opportunity back on the surface. We went through the recruitment process, um, mm. but I'm not sure if he like went through everything because he kind of just told us to come down here and left it at that. I don't see your names on the list here. You said you're Roach. Who are the Who are the others of you? We got I am, Box. I am Nelson. I do Nelson. believe my friend is correct in that uh, the person who recruited us did not seem to be too sure of what the entire process of getting us down here would be like. However, we do have these, and, and Nelson pulls out his writ of employment. The guard looks at one of the others, and then he hands off his clipboard and takes your writ of employment. An auxiliary, huh? All of you auxiliaries, you all read? Yes, I pull out my writ. Sure. Um, are they all red? Yes, yours are all red. Part. <laughs> They're like different colors. <laughs> Actually, none of us work together. Management. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I handle my writ. Hmm. Brand Jeff just holds it in, in, in a different direction. He's just holding it out. Okay. <laughs> Is he blind in sunlight? Yeah, so so my my superior dark vision gives me disadvantage in daylight. Oh, so he, he's like he cannot see very well right now. Oop. Dang. Oh, nice. Um, the the one guard looks at the other and he goes, "Their names aren't on the list." And one goes, "Kevin, we've been recruiting like crazy. If they're not on the list, it's probably not our fault. Why don't you just send them over to get their you know get processed, get their get their tool? You don't even have any tools, do you, noobs?" No. No. We, do, uh, we don't no. even have boots. Of course you don't even have boots. Well, all right, this will be fun at least. Let's see if you can make it over there. And he points off into the distance at one of the like little tents that's set up. And he goes, the one the whole way on the left is for the new auxiliaries. Are you guys with security or are you with labor? He didn't uh, tell us. I thought it was security. Was it security? Security oh, sounds security. familiar. I do believe it may have been security. You guys talk have, to him more. It makes the most sense because I do have a background. By the time I talked to him, I think he was on something. That I, may have been I true. Just, you guys just Jeff told me about the fixes one of his one of his wimpy muscles and says these these aren't going to be be digging rocks. So it was probably <laughs> security. Those are security types. Isn't muscles. your species literally known for being good at digging stuff? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, one of you, well, you can elect a leader to roll deception on the party's behalf here. All, all of you have spoken. I'll, oh, sorry. For sure. He he never learned to dig. It was really <laughs> traumatic. <experience. laughs> it makes really him tough. really sad when people bring it up. Um, Nat 20, by the way. Nat 20? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just don't... If you Jeb slips a little bit up, and falls down. Um, he's... He's never been quite right ever since. He never learned how to dig, and we, we just... He's really good with with helping out in the bar fights, but not much else. Well, buddy, let's hope you hold... Let's hope you hold a sword better than you'd hold a pickaxe. And he puts a hand on your shoulder, but because... Like, he's a dwarf, and, and you're a mole folk, so you're pretty close, actually, height-wise, for this to work, like he's reassuring a kid. But because he's all armored, and you're already a little off-balance, it, like, totally wipes your feet out from under you, and you kind of, like, fall back into Owlin, and he kind of, like, has to catch you and keep you up. And they just, they all just start roaring with laughter. Yeah, it's that way. Just get get going. Get going. Go get your stuff. We'll put you yeah, still sitting on a fox. In my Sorry? hood. Oh, yeah, 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 it's still sitting uh, on top of fox. Okay. 
He he got the nat twenty stealth. Like he has oh, melded that, with okay. Fox. I'm not even oh, making yeah. him re-roll because he did so good one getting with, in that hood. One with the fox. That's so right. So good in the hood. Uh, we may not know what the fox says, but we sure know what it sees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, I I don't think I need uh, mushroom vision, but I'm still still keeping yeah there. Mushroom vision. <laughs> That means something else in real life. Anyway, (laughs) all right, let's 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 go get her get her equipment, fellas. (laughs) And so we go and get our equipment, fellas. We carefully carefully make our way over as not to fall. I hope we get badges. Dexterity, please, to make it across the slick ground. Oh no! Well, I have. Wait, what are we rolling? Dexterity. Oh yeah, let's Uh, go. Seventeen. Is this a dex You're check okay, or a dex Matt. save? This is yeah. a dex check. I said 17. I yeah. got an, un, an unnatural one because I have a minus two to my dexterity. Oof. Wait. Did you say, are you okay? Or did you say, you are okay? You are okay, Matt. That Way to rub it in as Jake sense. tells us about his fail. Annie, are you um, okay? I got a four minus two from the D4 curse. So, um... A two. Okay. Our so zero. we got an eleven. Uh, Fox or Roach, I suppose, is just fine, and he takes a couple steps forward, and then he turns around because you're like, "Where are my friends?" And you look back, and Jebediah had taken one step and was doing okay before Owlin's feet slid out from under him, and he fell into into Jeb from behind, and Jeb's pinwheeling his arms trying to stay upright when Zothkug slips and like slides into them both, and they both go down in like a big heap. And now the like slick grime nastiness is like kind of all over one side of your skin. Each of you, it's like Let's rubbed go. up in your clothes and stuff. Love it smells it. real bad. That's good. I, I'm gonna go help pick up Jeb because he's less likely to to throw me off balance purely <laughs> weight wise. <laughs> From there, I mean, that's the only one consequence I'm going to give you. From there, you all struggle across the ground, but you make it eventually to the line. Um, you find yourselves good and, like, saturated in grimy gunk, except for Fox, who only has it on his feet. Um, you get in line, and there are three people in line ahead of you. The three people in line ahead of you all appear to um, be new recruits just like you are. You can see red, and now you can also see one person with a blue uh, writ of employment, a blue parchment rolled up and tucked into his waistband. Um, uh, when I get to the line, I'll be like, okay, first day two. Turns around and goes, yeah, I see you also fell. And now that he's turned around, you can see like a big goop stain on the front of his shirt <laughs> from where he like fell and just slid on his front in it. I bet the guards we're, just watched and laughed, right? And that's what they did for yeah. me. We're we're goop buddies now. Yeah, they they did it for them too. Yeah. From it's, behind it's probably him, like a right from from behind him, you hear the person at the table go, Next and he goes, Ah shoot, now I have to turn around and he like slowly <laughs> like skids around, like kinda wiggles his he way scoots. around in place and like scoots up to the thing. And the, the person behind the table, a uh, young dwarf lady, looks over at him and goes, boots first, I think. And she hands him a, a sturdy <laughs> pair of boots. And once he's put them on with a lot of effort, in fact, let's see how much effort. Yeah, he falls over twice before he gets them on. But once he's got them on, he's able to stand and he's, he's okay. She hands him, uh, he's got the blue writ of employment. And she hands him blue coveralls and a brown earthen shirt and uh, like a pair of rough working gloves. Um, like you'd see blacksmiths wear or something like that. 
And he gets up and goes on his way to one of the side rooms uh, where ostensibly he will pick up some tools before he starts working. And you're all next. Next! I'm going to hang on to Fox's coattails and just slide behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Fox slides you up to the front and you, um, the the lady looks at you and goes, what color is your writ? Uh, Red. Red? Uh, Red writs, very well. And she pulls out a small, um, like, red vest for each of you to wear. Uh, particularly small in Jebediah's case, but they do have one that, like, fits dirt people. Um, she hands you the vest to wear, and then you also get a pair of, like, khaki pants and a scabbard belt with um, three small carabiners hanging off the back of it. That'll be for your ciphers once you're given some. Uh, in the meantime, if you'll just head over here, I believe watch Captain Renor is on duty, and he'll take care of you. Oh, thank you. Um, and so you, with your with your various items on, you join kind of the back of like an orientation group. You know, there's Watch Captain Renor is already talking to a bunch of new recruits. He doesn't even acknowledge you as you join the circle, except to look up, look at you, and then continue talking. And he goes, Wait, wait, wait. Yes? Is that like the look of you're late and I'm upset? Or look as, oh, someone has entered the field of my vision and I'm acknowledging that that exists. Just that, that second one. He just looks okay. up and is like, ah, oh, yes, you're here, and then continues talking. He doesn't seem like he already hates you. Okay, good. that's the That's important good. Got to leave a good impression. Yeah. Once All right, right newbies. Busan and stuff, Alan is now in back in an element that he is used to. So he's going to be, like, standing at attention. Like, he, Alan normally kind of shrugs and, like, slumps like this and is, like, looking at his notes and things. He is now back in his in military stance and, and that Alan. kind of mode. Alan. Yes. Yes. What, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's, uh, I have a background, um, similar to this. And also, I believe Nelson is what uh, you should be referring to me as. Oh, it's El- Nelson. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a very familiar... Uh, situation for me, however, it was at a different time in my life. Uh, so, feels weird, I will say. Well, I thank you for the for the history lesson. But I was wondering, like, should I should I do that too? Oh, uh, it will if you would like the captain to like you. Yes. Hey, I think what will make the captain like us more, guys, is if you shut up and listen to what he has. This to is say. also true. <laughs> Zoth will be like poorly mimicking Alwyn's like good attention. This is gonna be horror. This is gonna be <laughs> bad. Like, like Zoth is like a little hunched over, his feet quite, aren't quite straight, so it, but he's like trying, but he hasn't really done this ever, so he doesn't really know like the nuances of it. Give us a performance check to see how well you stand at attention. Oh, no, no, no. I want him to fail. Oh, okay. That's like yeah. noticeably bad. You, you stand at attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, That's perfect. It's by, the time, I stand at. by the time you tune into the conversation, you, you hear him saying, 
Right. Now that we got all the safety stuff out of the way, let's get into your assignments. What we'll do is we'll have you divvy. Obviously, we're not going to send any of you out there to fight the big beasts just yet. We're going to start with just some, you know, you're going to be shadowing some experienced guardsmen. You're going to be on some perimeter details, things like that. So why don't you lot, and he points at one half of the group, you're going to be on catwalks today, and you lot, you'll be roamers today, and then we'll switch tomorrow. And then from there, we'll kind of branch out. You are in the roamers group. And um, as the catwalk people kind of hustle off into the distance, he walks over and, you know, the roamers are all kind of, there's like 12 of you. They're all kind of looking at each other and like, what does that mean? He looks at you and goes, well, get to it. And like barks at, you know, barks everybody and they all kind of scatter off in other directions. Uh, I'm going scatter. Scatter. Yep. Deploy. Roll yep. out. I scatter with Fox. Okay. Owlin <laughs> will scatter not with Fox, but a different direction. Ooh, Jeb okay. will start with Nelson. Okay. Nice. We have split officially the split the party. <laughs> yes. But not in four ways. Uh, that's true. Um, so you scatter off into the distance. Let's start, just because there are the top two cameras, let's start with, um, what is it, B Box? And No, you're not Box. I don't remember Jeb's Pebble. fake name. Pebble. Pebble and Nelson. Pebble and Nelson. Pebble and Nelson, Pebble and Nelson sounds actually... like a comedy duo. I was about to say, I think a folk duo, maybe. Yeah. Folk band. Pebble and um, Nelson. Buddy Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Cups. Uh, Pebble and Nelson, you scatter off in the direction of... Of the workshops. Very well. You head towards the workshops. You have to cross past three of the scaffolding towers, which, I mean, you do no big deal. Um, but on your way by, you know, you can hear the, like, now you can really hear the, like, echoing roar of stuff being dropped down iron tubes as these, like, pieces of rock and... and um, minerals and stuff for all just like clang, 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 shattering down the thing. It's starting to really like ring in your ears. You make it to the other side, and in front of you, there are um, five of those different rooms with the giant oak doors that open like a drawbridge. Which one would you like to go to? Does uh, Owlin will turn to Pebble? And do you have a preference as to which we explore first? We guard I first. Have a preference, but, um, do do we get any distinctions out of e any of them? Is like one that looks like metallurgy and one that looks like. It, okay, so is is there any one that looks like closely associated with ciphers? Like, do I see like are maybe like the constructing ciphers down here or something? So the rooms along these walls, um, there are eight rooms throughout the structure that the big wagons go to. Then there are rooms that you're seeing people kind of come out of a side door and take like tubs of things to other side rooms. And then there is one room on each wall where stuff leaves. Like it comes out of there and gets loaded into a big wagon that's going out the front gate. And the big wagon leaves every two or three hours like on the, as it gets full. It's not like it's a regular interval, but it's at least two or three hours before it gets full. And then it rolls out the front gate off to do something. You could assume, if you're thinking about like a refining operation, like the cipher is probably the end of the refining operation. So probably mm. one of those rooms would be like one of those four rooms, one on each wall would be the right one. And um, you can identify it because it doesn't have the big cart door on the front. Um, it's still, the door opens like a drawbridge. It's just normal size. I say we, uh, I say we hit up the tail end of the, uh, of the assembly line. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to notice much of stuff in carts but people carrying stuff around in their hands i think we're probably going to be able to glean a bit more information of what's going on from stuff like that what Perfect. do you think All sounds right. perfect to me 
You head off towards one of those rooms. Let's figure out where our other two friends are going. Um, Fox and Zothkug. You walk... Oh, it's the same pairing that we started with. I just realized yeah, that. Yeah, I also thought that yeah. as well. That's yeah. funny. Uh, Fox and Zothkug, which direction do you want to go? Uh, well, Fox said he ran first, so I was just following Fox. I literally just pick, like, a small group of people to follow that also split. Oh, like another group of new guards? Yes. Okay. Uh, you pick a group of them. Are you trying to, like, not have them notice you following, or are no. you just going along? Like, I just I just straight up walk up beside them, like, hey, man, it's a crazy first day, right? Uh, the guards that you're following, there are two dwarves and a, an elf, but with, like, really dark skin and, like, bright midnight white hair. And you walk up to them, and they're like, hey, uh, where, where are you off to? Where are you going to roam first? Um, actually, um, I just got down here, guys. What, what do you suggest? <laughs> what, like, it's, it's not a vacation. You're just wandering around looking for safety <laughs> violations. Pick somewhere dangerous looking. We're headed up to one of the scaffolds. Ooh. Okay. You think people die falling off the scaffolds? All the time. This site's <laughs> been without an incident for two days. Two whole days? Wow. That's right. What's the, the, the best best that's happened? What's the longest streak? The longest streak? Oh, I don't know. You'd have to check the lists. They show all that stuff over by the big, you know, the, the foreman's wagon over there. But um, I, I'm not too bothered with with, you know, being the best and climbing the, the corporate ladder and whatnot. I'm just here to make a little money to pay for hey, my education. Understandable, man. I just want to hit you up. When's break time? If we get one. And how long the shifts are. We just start. Didn't you listen to any of the orientation? The we got halfway through. We, What's got we arrived. We're latecomers. Oh, you're the late ones. Well, whatever. Uh, the, the shifts are 12 hours long and you don't get a break, and that's pretty much how they do things around here. Well, it's a film job. It's 12 hours on, 12 hours off. <laughs> What's the pay? Uh, well, it depends. Did you sign up for pay in gold or in wingle digits? I think he signed up for wingle digits, and he doesn't understand just, just to drop the topic. It's, it's... I, I think um, my friend... Um... My friend here did uh, gold, and I did wingle digits, so both would ah. be useful. Well, sorry, mate. You're going to be making a bit less. They pay you more if you take the wingle digits, you know, because you're early adopters and whatnot. Uh, mm. I, I make 10 wingle digits a day, so that's the rate that I'm being paid. And every week, if I haven't missed any shifts, shown up late, taken any breaks, whatever, if I've been good... You know, if I've been a good little employee of the, of the machine, then I can go over to the foreman's wagon and get myself a free spell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff, uh, right? Speaking of crazy stuff, uh, where do you spend these wingle digits for a little drink and food? Mmm, one of those. Well, you can go just out there, and he points to the... Other side, you know, of, one of those people that needs water and food to survive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he thought you were talking about like spicy beverages. Um, I am talking about spicy beverages. <laughs> <laughs> he points to you came in the left side of the compound. We're just going to call it that for orienting yourself. Sure. He points to the right wall of the compound. If you go over there, you'll have to get across the rivers to take one of the bridges or go up the scaffolding and come down the other side or use a catwalk, whatever. But find a way across. And then on the other side, if you go out there, there are a few small sort of 
temporary um, buildings that have all of the, you know, barracks for the employees and the, you know, the pubs for drinking and whatnot. It's all out there. It's, it kind of follows us along, you know, as the, as the mining operation moves. Well, on an unrelated note, I think the other side of the river is looking pretty dangerous today. So I'm going to go check uh, the other side of the river for safety violations. What, what do, do you say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the other side of the river, definitely dangerous things happen over there. I mean, you don't know when you're going to slip, you know? <laughs> the other anyway, three, guys. <laughs> the other three guards look at each other, and they're like, you know, it's your first day. We wouldn't want you to get, you know, overwhelmed by by the danger or whatever of, of what you're going to look into. We we better oh. come and help, you know, just to just to help a new a new guy out, right? Oh yeah. You know, us, us new people should really stick together. And they <laughs> head off with you towards one of the bridges leading over to the, the right side of the compound. Uh, jumping back to Jebediah and Owlin, um, you actually see a group of five guards, including um, Fox and Zothkug heading past you towards one of the bridges along the wall that's that's crossing the river before you make your way in through the door. You then head over to the door. Alan uh, just gives them a slight nod as they pass or as he sees them, just like a acknowledgement. The but, bro nod. Uh, look look yeah. at those guys, man. Working hard. Slipping <laughs> right into the role, man. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> Working hard. Um, okay, so you head over to your your chosen. Uh, I'm gonna call them buildings. They're just rooms, but it's easier mm-hmm. to say buildings. You head over to the building that you've identified for yourselves with the single small drawbridge door. You knock on the door loudly. It you know cranks down. No worries. And someone looks out and goes, "Another safety inspection? Come on, man!" You're looking at a uh, half orc in a white lab coat with these big round like Elton John glasses on and then he's got a whole manner of like strange like metallic instruments and then four ciphers clipped to his belt by little carabiners and in his hand is like a pair of tongs with a smoking hexagonal wingle digit in it. It's like it hasn't cured or something. There's like smoke emanating off of it. It's like fine let's make it quick and he gets out of the way for you to walk into the room and he just goes back to his work and doesn't say another word to you. Alan was about to say something until he just said, fine, make it quick, and walked away. And then Alan, like, kind of decides, you know what? Maybe better to not say anything. And just walks in and takes a look around. What is, what is, what do we see? Absolutely. The room has one long, thin table at the center of it. And then around that table, clamped to the side of it, are large-looking glasses... Um, like like the really big round ones like a jeweler would use, and then, you know, sets of small hand tools. In the center of the table, there's a channel that's being run with liquid sacrium, so they've heated up the powder until it becomes a kind of molten material, and it's running down the center, and then at certain points in the channel, there are hexagonal depressions that it drops into, and then they can pull that depression out like a drawer when the channel clears. So they drop in enough material to fill each depression, and then they cut off the supply, they pull out each drawer, and they're pulling a wingle digit out of it. Then they Mm. do something to it that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They pull out a couple of different instruments that you've never seen before, little brass tools, and they're they're kind of fiddling with them, flipping them over, kind of carving things into the top and bottom before they place them back in the depression, slide it back in, and cover it with another coating of liquid sacrium. 
Then they pull that out and hand it off to someone who immediately slams like a, a clamshell icebox closed around them. And then they sit that on a counter. And then after about 10 minutes, um, one of the white coats comes over and opens that up and pulls out a bunch of finished wingle digits and drops them into basically like coin sticks, where it's like a, a felt pouch that kind mm -hmm. of takes a hexagonal shape once everything's in it. And they, as the felt pouches fill, they just lightly toss them like they're no longer worried about them being unstable. They toss them lightly into a set of small boxes. Those boxes get loaded into a big crate. The crate gets put on a wagon outside the, you know, they take that crate to a wagon at the edge of the compound. So that's the process happening in here. There are 15 of the white coats who are working. And then there's one person who appears to be supervising. They've got like a sage green tunic and beige pants. And they have like a tool belt, but instead of the sort of delicate instruments that the scientists have, it's like quills and parchments and things, and they've got a clipboard in their hand, and they're kind of like marking off quotas. And you know, you look over their shoulder, and you see it's mostly like a like a spreadsheet. It you know, you don't really okay. look at the metrics, but it, you know, they're like tracking things. It's all analytics. Um, Alan will look around to make sure that everyone is wearing the same safety equipment, and if anyone is not. Like, like, you know, let's say he, like, sees most people are wearing gloves and one person isn't. He'll point that out um, if, if that's the case. Absolutely. Um, they are all wearing a set of bright white gloves, the same as their white lab coats. And you do see one person who, like, took off their glove, and all they did was, like, take off the glove and, like, scratch an itch on their face. And you're like, violation! And they're like, dang it, man! You know, it's like, a, <laughs> it's the second time I've been written up for something stupid like that. You know, just get off my back, whatever. Um, okay. But otherwise, that's that's what you see. The everyone does appear to be following the rules really strictly, and I mean, especially like these are all you see a mixture of races, but they're all clearly like the the intelligent, like high. You know, they're the critical thinkers of this organization. They're the ones who are taking a raw material and refining it into like a finished piece that they can sell. So, um, Alan will go up. To, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeb. You go for it. Oh, I was gonna say I would like to. Um, pay close attention and inspect maybe one of their ciphers. Like they're, you said that they have like a number of ciphers carabinered to their belts. Like they do. Can I, can I tell a difference between them? I remember that uh, Circles cipher, which I have, almost had inverted colors or an inverted coloring. Whether you know it was the black with I think copper that it was created out of. Yes. But then that one, the one salesman had like a copper one with black uh, where it was like, it was reversed. Um, yes. Can I, can I try to determine what the deal is with their different ciphers? Like, are they using them for like diagnostic or are they using them to like test casting with it or, or something like that? What's the like deal that? with all these ciphers? Can you <laughs> eat them? <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. You can inspect them. So on the surface level, what you can spot is that they are all the same as what the salesperson had. So they're the ones that are largely brass with a black bezel around the outside edge instead of, or I'm sorry, copper, copper with a black bezel around the edge instead of black with a copper bezel. Um, to learn anything more, why don't you give me a perception check? Let's see how much you can spot. And this room is not lit by the daylight, so your eyes are working normally. Oh, this room is not figured. lit. Well, it's lit, oh, but yeah. not that lit. It's not, you know, Ooh, it's not that sure, lit. Sure, sure. Zotkug would not find it up to his standards. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nine. That's terrible. 
So you're not able to identify a whole lot more about them, but you can see that on the bottom of each one, on like the bottom right side as you're looking at them, there's like a small etching that appears to have been done kind of like crudely and by hand. Like maybe they've been marking off what spell each one is supposed to do or something like that. Hmm. So like it's like a unique identifier that that seems manually etched into it. Yes, and it like I said, is, it, it looks like they've done it themselves. It's not like part of the manufacturing process. Is is there one on my cipher? Uh, no, there's not. Okay. Also, I'm gonna be right back. You guys discuss amongst yourselves. I just heard a big bang that might have been my dog knocking something big oh, over. No. So I'm gonna go check on that. Mm. Be right back. I just realized. So, when the DM returns, I have something I want to do, but that's okay. What is our Big Bang Theory? Hmm. Uh, you know. At Somebody once, robbing him. Once there, I, oh, no. I was about to start reciting the Big Bang Theory, the show, the intro to the show, but I don't remember it oh. because I've only seen, like, a couple episodes. <laughs> I think you get show. bonus points for not knowing the intro. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's totally fair. I, I haven't loved what I've seen, but it's also not the worst thing. I want to know what the, the end objective is here. Of like the mining pro, like this well, whole process, see, or like the end objective life? here is that we're streaming ah. for entertainment. <laughs> no, 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 no. true. No, but uh, like we're here, we infiltrated. Like, what's the goal? Are we just trying to learn as much as we can? For me, Alan wants to learn what this process is, what the goal of what they're making is, and how it's connected to the magic being gone. Remember, there's we we came down here because of you. <laughs> <laughs> we're well, saving so, the avatars so yep, we gotta figure out how this is related no we're down here because of you you had to talk to that guy and get a writ and almost no we're down here because of Jeb because he jumped of off of a cliff exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah so we're, we're trying you know magic's gone from the world yeah, we suspect yeah, yeah. there might be something up with this and also like so it's just information it's, well and point. it's you know, it's hurting people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, the, like, it jacks uh, circles up, and those weird uh -huh. dudes. Yeah. Um. You know, with that with that lady that was all messed up. Uh, yeah. You know. So it's a. I think right now we're just kind of gathering information. Yeah. I think our I think our big goal is to see what we can see. And then make a plan to stop it. Yeah. 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 And I agree. If, if we need to, if it's if it's bigger than us, then get enough evidence so that we can leave and return with help. Like if there's mm -hmm. like a city or something like that that yeah. we can, or like a rival company that we can find that would, yeah. you know, be able to go up against them or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I gotta say, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the avatars because isn't it the oh, same yeah. company that we've been noticing? So I, oh, yeah. I, I think it's. I think it's related. Oh, my theory is that they trap the avatars and they're sucking the avatars' magic away into. Oh. But it's didn't like... they fall into like puddles of black goo? I don't remember uh, that. I don't know about puddles of black goo, but I know they're like sort of trapped in something. Because that I could be like liquid. Is everything all right, Josh? Yes, uh, Lupin locked himself in a coat closet from the inside, and rather than barking as in, come and save me, I'm in distress, he flung himself into the door at high speed until I came ah. and got him. Nice. Well, so he did, it did work. Him, you know? On the bright side, if he was ever kidnapped in a trunk, I'm sure he would get himself discovered and saved. 
Um, the... I mean, to be fair, if it was locked in a closet, I would throw myself at the door. That's just yeah, that's what I do. For sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, the visions you saw of the avatars, they were trapped at waist height in sort of like an arcane circle of some kind. When they tried to pull themselves out of it, it seemed like the circle itself was like searing them, doing damage, and then cauterizing it with whatever damage it was doing, and so it would like yank them back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Wash, you wanted to do something here in the old lab, right? No, I did. Yeah, Alan yeah, did. That's did. what I said. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Alan will approach uh, the the lab person in charge of pouring the um, the melted sacrium into the into the bases, and yep. in, you know, questioning in a way of like he's quizzing him. He'd be like, "What is the optimal temperature? The optimal safe temperature?" for pouring melted sacrium. Uh, 430 degrees. Alan will like give him a little raised eyebrow and then nod <laughs> and then continue on. Uh, Alan, is, Alan is ready to move on to another room if, if uh, Pebble is. He'll, he'll just like look at Pebble and be like, Pebble? Are there any um, like, are there any ciphers just like sitting around? Like some spare ones on a shelf or something like that? Uh, roll a percentile die. And percentile. Matt, roll a percentile die. If Wash rolls higher than Matt does, there's a cipher laying around. Ooh. Roll low, Matt. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 61. Ooh. I got a 14. All right, there is not I'm... any ciphers Ooh. laying around in the room. Sorry. Dang. I'm sorry, Wash. I but don't Matt did it to you, not me. No, I, I, I think he did it to himself. <laughs> Speaking of things Matt did, over on the right edge of the compound, um, there, you go. there is a small door set into the corrugated metal wall, and through that door trapes five new guards who have just started their first duty as roamers and are doing it by roaming right over to the local pub where they're hopefully going to you know, throw them back with the boys. Well, uh, no, no, we're finding safety violations. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta inspect the kitchen. Yeah, I have to inspect this drink for safety violations. Yes. Yeah, if it contains more alcohol than it says, that's a safety violation because of that, I must consume it. We gotta go through every drop of every barrel to make sure it's not poison. (laughs) Exactly. You you find a tavern called Grub Bugs, Grubs, and Mugs that I've been waiting (laughs) for who even knows how long to put into the world. It's That's sitting. Sick. It's sitting there uh, outside the compound. You walk on in, and um, there's there's a like a half elf bard in the corner who's just like strumming his little lute. There's a fire lit in the common room. Compared to the like slimy, like cold, oppressive underdark, this is like homey. It's like a fire in the hearth. There's a nice rug on the ground, you know. And behind the counter, there is a full orc bartender. Uh, who's standing there, you come in, he goes, what can I get you? Health inspection. (laughs) (laughs) He stops for just a second and looks at you and he goes, right. And he slowly, like, slides a glass off the, um, off the, wait, you're not, yeah, you are there. Slides a glass off the counter and, like, tucks it underneath and goes, absolutely, we've got nothing to hide. And he pulls, like, a rag out and begins polishing the the counter as you're watching him. (laughs) Go ahead and inspect uh, away. Can I get you? Can I get you a drink? Maybe, maybe you know, to help the you know inspecting on an empty stomach's no fun, right? 
I tap uh, box and and look to the other comrades, and I'm like, I'll handle this. Um, I walk you got up, it, Roach. and I'm like, so uh, I may or may have not heard some complaints. Um, I mean, right now it looks like you're running a pretty steady ship here. But, uh, I pull out a, I pull out like a notepad to write on and look inquisitively behind him, like backing up Fox. Do you have a notepad? Sure, you have a notepad. I mean, maybe right it was given. Now, it was probably given to him to write people up when he I'd during his orientation. We've all had like a rough morning. or a clipboard. Clipboard would be better. Today, Do we have clipboard? <laughs> Do we have clipboards? We haven't had a rough morning today, and I look back looking for an obvious like not along, please. <laughs> to everyone, like we've all had grumpy mornings. To the... Yeah, we and, got chewed out know, by our boss. I'd really hate for that to um, affect <laughs> your grading in this inspection. Um, so perhaps if there's, you know, some way to make us more amendable. Roll intimidation. Roll it with disadvantage. You're brand new. <laughs> I'm not trying to intimidate him. You're trying to use fear to motivate him to do what you want. That's when the intimidation skill comes in. I don't want that. Gotcha. Uh, I can't do that, Jake. My computer is... I, I want you to up. know I'm oh. purposely doing Oof. this as me and him both know this dance, all right? Okay. I just need to say the words to make it official. Right? Okay. So, I'm not trying to, like, get under them. I'm just saying, like, oh, woe is me. If only... I see. Yeah. Also, I rolled in that one, but... <laughs> I wasn't trying to intimidate him. You know, we recently had a health and safety inspection. I don't think we're due for another one. Are you just some new kids trying to get yourselves free drinks? Is that what this is about to you? I pass two gold coins across the counter, look them dead in the eyes, and say, I don't believe so, and I don't think you should take note of whether or not we are. Much obliged, <laughs> inspect away. And he pulls out some bottles and like slides them across the counter towards you. And he just slowly like closes his little cash drawer in the back of the bar. He goes, yeah, you know, we, we run a tight ship here. You can, uh, you can see, you know, we bring out the food from the kitchens. It, uh, it's all cooked fresh. We don't let any of it sit. Um, we, you know, we keep the counters nice and clean. As you're looking at the counter, he, like, wipes off a stain. Like, we keep the <laughs> counters nice and clean. It's still there when he's done wiping. We, uh, you know, we got, we got clientele coming in, but we make sure that all the tables are cleaned as soon as they leave. You can see one table in the corner is, like, covered in slop. It's just like, you know, we're, we run a really tight ship here. Oh, yes. You know, I might, I might have to sit down and see how you operate. Um... <laughs> I pass uh, another gold coin stealthily on the counter. Uh, if you could give us some food to give us a taste of, like, how you prepare it, you know. We're, 
we're tasting for freshness, make sure, you know, it's up to code. Of course. I, uh, and just uh, keep it coming. I want to see your whole menu, because I don't you know, want you to, like, skip out on me. You know we're, like, a mile and a half underground. Like, freshness is relative. <laughs> yes. Okay. Then have a seat. Enjoy the it'll music, better, and we'll whip something be up for you. Better than our usual uh, take in food. I've just added the sixth die to the tension pool. Oh, no. So I'm going to clear it. This goblet, by the way, has the tension wait, pool wait, in wait. it because I think that's so much more fun. I, I, I almost want, just for the meta fun of it, <laughs> another inspection group to come. <laughs> but it's a bunch of veterans <laughs> who've been doing it for years. Doing the same thing. That's a very we, funny complication. Let's see if we get one. <laughs> or three. Same thing three complications. Or four. I don't know. Or two. Four. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just saying. He's just saying numbers. Just saying how many, you, how many complications you, you get. I'm just saying it in a way that throws you into total uncertainty about the future of what's going to happen to you and your character. I already have oh, enough close. uncertainty be about uncertainty about my life's future. I don't need uncertainty about D and D future. <laughs> That's I'll, the most Gen Z thing you've ever said on stream. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I've said more Gen Z things, but that's okay. <laughs> it's what, too real. What'd you say, Trevor? I said, I'll settle for six complications, okay? <laughs> I'll settle. <laughs> he'll, he'll meet me in the middle at six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make it an even seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ten is my sure. highest. I'll go. Is the highest. I'll go. <laughs> Let's round it up. <laughs> Ten is the highest I'll go, he said. Um... Okay. Let's okay. See. Okay. Okay. Ooh. It's okay. I'm okay. Ooh. Okay. Um. So, several things happen, but only one of them Ooh. happens to you two. So, uh, here at the tavern, the the door of Grub Bugs, Grubs, and Mugs opens wide, and in strides a uh, somewhat familiar face to you. Uh, you see the familiar, smiling, charismatic face of Garthos Caraway, the man who was selling Wingle Digits at the town of Red Hill and from whom a member of your group stole an entire briefcase of Wingle Digits. Uh, that would have been Jeb, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, are you asking to say something or just taking credit, Wash? I believe Jeb is the only one who has seen him. None of us went in. Oh, okay. Yeah, then you don't you have no idea. Uh smooth talking <laughs> smooth talking, heavily accented dude walks in, half dragon walks in and uh sits down and goes, Hey, what do we got for mugs? Um in the meantime, back over in the compound proper, as you step out of the building that you were inspecting, um Alan and Jebediah, you step out in back into the sort of open air at the base of the eight scaffolding towers where all the ore is being refined and wagons are moving. And way up at the roof, one of the scaffolding towers catches fire with a oh. huge ba-boom. Some explosion rocks the whole scaffold and it begins to lean one direction and then teeter back the other direction. There's this big fire at the top of it. 
Also, four of those bright white daylight orbs are falling towards the ground at very high speed, trailing their electrical cables. Make a dexterity save to jump out of the way of the cables that are falling towards you. At least you become another safety violation. <laughs> I get advantage on the dexterity save, even though I have a negative two modifier to it. So that's the thing, because I can see what's happening, right? I can yes. see that this is happening. You can okay. see that this is happening. I got a 17. I got an 11. All right. Does that pass, DM? Does the 11 pass? Yes. Sweet. Okay. Both of you successfully dive out of the way, although for Alan, he only just makes it out of the way as one of those giant daylight orbs shatters on the ground where you were standing. Little glass shards still like ricochet into your body and kind of skid past and everything. But luckily, you were given protective equipment when they gave you your, your red vests and, and whatnot. Um, there you go. In fact, let's retcon in hard hats because that makes sense. They gave you hard yeah. hats. Uh, and your hard hats keep you nice and safe from little... You should be wearing hard hats whenever by. there is work on scaffolding. That's true, head, yep. So. Anybody should. So, the, you know, the glass shards go whizzing by. Also, your little corner of the compound goes dark as the four daylight Ooh. things shatter. It's oh, not totally better. dark, it's dim light. But the, the amber orbs that were kind of static up on the tower are, like, leaning with it as the tower, like kind of teeters back and forth. So now there's this weird kind of like flickering funhouse effect in the lighting. And around you, you see um, security personnel like rushing towards the tower. As someone runs by, you hear Watch Captain Renner go, what are you doing? Get up here. We got to put out the fire. Oh, and yeah. they all just I'll, immediately yeah. start climbing up the scaffolding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alan will immediately follow whatever the other uh, security people are doing as well. Okay. Jim I will too follow find well. rickety towers about to fall over. Great. Uh, make an athletics check to uh, climb up the tower just because it's it's rickety. Alan, you can make it with advantage. You're a barbarian. Can I climb up Alan? Sure. Oh. <laughs> you could just ride Alan up there. Alan, make a normal check. <laughs> I rolled horribly. I got a nine. Ooh. Uh, okay, so you start climbing, but like the, the metal beams that support wooden scaffolding get hot when they're on fire. You know, mm. heat, heat transduces. And so you're like, ah! That's hot, and you have to, like, start over again, so everyone else gets a little bit of a head start on you. But you're the noob. Nobody really looks twice at it. So you take the stairs instead of climbing up the outside, and you're making your way up this tower. Um, back at Grub Bugs, Grubs, and Mugs, um, yeah. uh, Fox and Zothkug, you hear the boom off in the distance. And the, Is nobody disturbed by this? The, no, everybody's disturbed by it. Everybody, like, hops up from their tables, little loop yep. players, like, you know, breaks a string, and you all run out into the street, and you can see the big fire up in the distance. And the three dudes who are with you, the um, kind of randos that you picked up, are like, "Oh man, like if we get caught out here when there was a safety incident, we're gonna be in so much trouble, man. We gotta go." And they just start sprinting up the way. They still have their bottles in their hands, but they're now just like sprinting up the the road back towards the go compound. Right back in. Okay. And grab as much food off the plate that is. Feasible to carry. I'm not gonna grab mashed potatoes in my hands. Right? Sure, you grab some like turkey legs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll grab like a bread roll to shove in his mouth as he runs. Grab a bottle and then run towards the fire. <laughs> Eat as you go. <laughs> I love the idea of 
the slender rogue grabbing as much food as he can conceivably carry, and the seven and a half foot tall orc grabs a single oh. bread roll and Absolutely. <laughs> runs out the door, <laughs> sprinting back to the compound. Great. You are sprinting back towards the compound. You make it through the door just as at the top of the burning tower, Alan and Jebediah, you have made it to the top. Um, around you, the other, like, kind of watch people, the, the guards, are using cloaks to smother it. A couple of them have pulled out ciphers that appear to be casting the Create Water spell and are dropping oh. a gallon at a time of water on it, but it's not enough to put out the Inferno. You can identify that the fire is originating in the actual mine, the vein of sacrium that's being mined up at the top of the tower here. And instead of smothering the tower, if you were able to possibly smother that vein, you would probably have more success. Hmm. Potentially. Alan will uh, go into commanding mode a little bit because he doesn't have any water, create water ciphers or anything like that, and he doesn't mm-hmm. traditionally wear a cloak. He'll uh, just like point up at the vein and try to get other people's attention around him. And be like, "There, direct the direct the water there." And, Everyone's and, like, ignoring you. Ah, dang, rough. It could be the uh, chaos of the moment, or it could be that you're the new guy, but... Hmm. What if I... I'm trying to see if there's anything that I could... No. Probably not. Uh, what... What's Nelson, what am I wearing right put now? Your, put your big beefy buttocks into it. You gotta, <laughs> like, your commands are on point. You gotta... You gotta just... Get your confidence out there, pup. What am you're I wearing? wearing? a really, th- like, thick, um, like a heavy leather red vest. Um, okay. that's got, it has like, you know, you could attach a bandolier to it or whatever, depending on your weapons. You have no weapons mounted to it. You've got your pack on your back and then you've yeah. got your khaki pants that are, I mean, they're like normal trousers. They're just khaki colored. Yeah. And then you have your hard hat on. Um, Alan will attempt to smother the fire up above with his bedroll. Okay. Um, instead of a cloak. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, Let's, what, what do you think would be the role to smother a fire? Uh, let's, let's nature? Have, yeah, sure. I don't know. Roll, let's, you're wrangling some nature. Yeah. Roll nature. Why not? Nature. Or dex for tossing a blanket. Or dex for tossing a blanket. I only got an 11 on nature because I am not rolling well right now. Uh, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, does this seem like something that has to be snuffed out or like would wind blow it out? It seems like it needs to be like smothered at the source. So like, like throwing a gust of air at it would probably make it worse. Uh, yeah, probably. This is the equivalent of an electrical fire. Like it's the actual vein of sacrium that is on fire. So that's why like you need to smother it where it's I, exposed to the air. Which I will um, say. Yeah. For for future safety reference, for all you at home. <laughs> When you don't know, it's a candle, that's fine. Anything bigger than that, don't blow it out. It's not going <laughs> to blow out. You're going to make it a lot worse. It's going well, to be the oxygen. Like, I know there's, like, there's different kinds of fires, and they can be put out different ways and whatnot. There absolutely are. Yes. Um, well, let me ask you. Um, I know what I'll do. Do I need to make any special roll to cast a cantrip from my blunderbuss inconspicuously? Or is there enough chaos that people probably won't notice? Uh, no, you don't need to make any roll to cast it inconspicuously. Okay. I'm going to cast Frostbite 
just repeatedly. Ooh. And I'm gonna have like my uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna have my cipher out, so in case there is any suspicion, it can like look like I'm casting it out of the cipher. Excellent. Uh, okay, you cast Frostbite repeatedly, and between your Frostbite cooling down the site and then Alan trying to kind of like smother it so there's no more air getting to it, the two of you are able to put out the fire in not short order, but like you, you get it, you get it extinguished. Um, get it. As the fire is extinguished, the, the other guards and watchmen and stuff who are on the tower turn around and they immediately begin giving, you know, like emergency life support to the people who have been exploded up there. There were four miners and you can now see that there are several large machines that appear to have like dwarves strapped inside of them. And those mm. dwarves are in like immense pain. They're like their faces are contorted in agony, and the little drills of their machines are spinning incredibly quickly. Like it's really hard to get to them, and so the the watch people have to like rip the machines open and try and like pull them out to try and heal them because the metal machine just heats up when there's fire around it. So they're Alan will try to pull one of those guys out and like firemen carry him back down from the scaffolding. Okay, great. While that's happening at the base of the tower. Uh, Zothkug and Fox, you have just arrived at the base of the tower, and you can see, um, you can now see Owlin as fireman's carrying someone, like a small dwarf, down the tower towards you. It looks like the fire has been extinguished, but the tower is still teetering precariously, and it doesn't appear to be losing any momentum. It doesn't seem to be speeding up. It hasn't fallen down yet, but it doesn't, it's not slowing down. Like, it's still moving and grooving and doing its thing up there. And there are the three rookies who are next to you are like, dear gods, is that going to fall? Um, so how, so you said this is like a scaffold tower, right? Yeah. Um, are we talking like a single scaffold? No, we're talking wide? four pieces of scaffolding make a rectangle with an empty center where the iron tubes that they're tossing ore down as they mine it goes down. Okay, okay. And then at regular intervals, about every 200 feet, there is a ramp that comes off the side and like slides down to one of the carts. So, so it's, like four, it's like four sets of box scaffolding connected right, with right, right, this right. thing in the middle. Yep. That's exactly what it's like. That's what it is, in fact. It's not just like uh, that. Wow, it's almost like I used to do construction. Yes, Wash. <laughs> You may speak. Um, the the tube down the center is is there enough room? Like how much room is there between the tube? So you have like tube, space, and then the edge of the scaffolding. Like how much? How wide is the tube, and how much space is there around the tube? The tube is a diameter of eight shins. It's like giant chunks of rock get tossed down, and then at each of the levels, when they impact, they break apart a little bit, and then people look to see if there's a certain ore in there, and they toss it down the right chute or send it down further. And there's a one shin. Four shins on either side? Yeah, four shins to either side, and then a one shin gap between the edge of the tube and the, the tower. So it's all kind of flexing right now, but the metal tube is flexing much less. They say four shin favors the bold. <laughs> uh, nice. So you right. said, that, okay, so, so there, between the edge, the outside of the tube, and the scaffolding, there's like a one shin gap. Yes. Uh, okay. Trevor? Is it teetering, like, ahead. left to right, forward to back, or is it kind of like circle or diagonal? And, it's, and it's, it's, it's linear. It's teetering okay. from the front, using the same orientation. If you came in the left side, it's going towards okay. the front and then to the back of the compound. Okay, got it. 
Are there any like stalactites nearby? Like that uh, are above? Oh, like above, above you? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, they're all melted now, so there's no ice ones, but there's still like spiky rock outcroppings that stalactites would form on. Yes. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I want to pin this tower so that people have time to get down. Okay. My first thought was to cast enlarge on the tube and have it boom shoot twice its height straight up and pierce into the ceiling and that would hold it in place enough for us to get down. If that's but I don't want it to like bam blow out the side of this scaffolding because it's going to, you know, double in size each direction. So it doesn't look like there's enough room that way. So my other thought was if I could time it right and I could cast enlarge on a stalactite and it could just boom and pierce down and and just kind of like pin it so that we could get down and keep it from wobbling. That's a cool idea. The danger would be that it would enlarge so far that it like busted through the scaffolding, but I don't think enlarge I think it's just one size category, right? It doubles in size. Okay, that's probably fine. Yeah, you can try it. All you need to do is nail the timing. You nailed the timing last time. Let's see if you can nail the timing this time. I'm one for one. I'm going to make it a dex check unless you can convince me to let you use another one. Um, <clears throat> could I make a case for um, intelligence and, like, calculating when when it'll be I think that might be more wisdom like your street smarts like trying to time it reasoning you know okay well probably best to just rely on my my dexterity then and just okay. and just timing it okay Ooh. all right alan hold on to your uh, hold on to your beefy buttocks I'm gonna I think Alan is this. too far down already from the... Oh, that's right. He's, he's firing down. Alan's like on his way down. Yeah. So you're up yeah. there with a handful of other guards who are like, I have no idea what to do about a swaying tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody sure. hold on to something. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna use my cipher and cast a spell and pin this, uh, pin this thing still. But once this thing fires off, everybody get down as fast as you can. But hold on tight. And I'm going to roll a d20. Here we go. 17 plus 1. That's an 18. Oh, there you go. You nail the timing again. You are Ooh. a master of timing. Um, the the slagtite pins specifically like it lands in between the pipe and the scaffolding, and it like just, and the momentum just stops. So the whole structure shudders really bad. And Alan, you have to like, you know, you miss a couple steps as you like kind of catch yourself on the stairs as it shudders, but it stops moving right away. Um, and Fox and Zoth, you also see that at the ground level. What are the other, um... Everybody, and, and Pebble starts hiking down. What are the other security people doing down here? The rookies are standing with you gawking just the same, like they have no clue what to do. The more experienced people all appear to have run to the top of the tower and are now on their way down with various injured people. And then there's one person who's got, like, a like a fancy red like like tunic with a big old hat and he's got these like silken black gloves on 
um, who seems to be someone of importance who has run up behind you. And he's going, why are you just standing there? And he like runs over to the tower as if he's going to steady it with his two bare hands and like grabs hold of it. <laughs> and then as the tower stops moving, he's like, gosh, I have to do everything myself around here. <laughs> and he like turns around and looks back at you and goes, what's your names, rookies? I, uh, I'm, I'm Box. I'm Roach. And he just gives you that stare that, like, pierces through you. I tuck the food that's in my pocket a little deeper into my pocket. <laughs> the three rookies behind you are all, like, red-faced as well. They, they also have no idea where they stand here. He is still staring at you as Owlin makes it down the tower behind him. You see Owlin come down. Owlin, you are now at the base of the tower with your person you're carrying, and about 20 feet up is Jebediah, who's also hustling his way down the stairs. Jeb, as you make your way down the stairs, you can see that at the, the kind of back of the large crowd that has formed, you recognize Garthos Caraway standing there. He does not appear to have seen you just yet. Owlin will... Jeb takes uh, oh. comfort in knowing that he is wearing a hard hat instead of his big floppy wizard hat and <laughs> wearing different clothes. Alan will find uh, Zothkug, a.k.a. Box, and uh, bring the, his injured dwarf to Box. Like, Box, uh, I, I, uh, please, ap ap apply first aid to this, this injured man. I will, I will begin the first aid Box. process. So, uh, are we done this lashing out thing at us? He's still staring at me. I feel he's like still he's, he's still awkward. just like staring at the group, like hmm. I'll I'll start first aid. Okay. Finally, he goes. Don't you have work to be doing? And he just turns away, like he's dismissed all of you. And he turns to Alan. He turns to you, and he immediately like grabs your hand and shakes it. And he goes, "Excellent work, bringing someone down." Were there any casualties at the top? Uh, I I do not know for sure. However, many were injured. Uh, uh, Trevor, roll me a medicine while we do this. Alrighty. Um, many were yeah, of course. We have, we have yet to tally the fatal casualties, sir. Understood. And he, he pulls this massive scroll case that's like strapped to his back. He like swings it around to the front and uncorks the top of it and pulls out this big like parchment thing and unrolls it on the ground in front of him. And you can see it's like a big list of metrics that he had, like it's got a fancy signature on the bottom. Like this is the kind of report you send like to the big boss at corporate or whatever. And he pulls it out and he just crosses off the like two days since an incident and he just <laughs> writes in zero again and marks down the date and he starts, you know, writing the nature of the incident down. Uh, and he goes, How long do you think it'll be before the tower's operational again? Uh Alan will will look up and uh He'll say, uh, although I am new here, I, with the size of crew that I have seen you guys with so far, maximum of two days, sir. Understood, understood. Let's see if we can get it back up in one. Uh, pass that on to everybody else. You can tell them it's from me, and uh, you know they'll all, they'll all listen to you. Yes, sir. Nelson, 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 did you see? Did you see? I, I pinned it up at the top, and I stopped the tower from moving. Alan will, will look up. And then kind of like see what he did and kind of and like smile and, and nod and be like, great thinking, uh, Pebbles. The, we, need the, to, we need to get some sort of crew on, on fixing the bottom and shoring this thing up because it's not going to last and this thing could topple over. The red tunicked man has frozen when you said, I pinned it. I stopped it from swinging. And he slowly <laughs> looks up from the paper and he goes, I thought it was too easy. So you stopped <laughs> the tower from swinging. How did you do it? 
Yes, sir. Um, I was able to dislodge some of the rocks from up top and the uh, this uh, stalactite pinned down inside of it and, and held it still. And he just kind of like clicky clacks his dirt claws. <laughs> um, well, that's all very fascinating. Make sure you leave it in a report that you submit to me. Submit it through one of these these other guards here or whatever. I'm sure one of them will take the report for you. And one of the like actual watch captains comes forward and is like, yeah, I, I can take the reports. And he like, you know, is, let me get your statements. And you just tell him all the stuff you've already said, but he writes it down. Yes, sir. And, then, uh, and like it all happens. Request permission to get a maintenance crew over here and to get these things repaired stat. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. They also I when be like, yeah, I already requested that. Yeah, that's I fine. just told that guy <laughs> like <laughs> when you're when you give your reports and they like write it all down, they literally hand it to the the guy like right there, like they hand it to the <laughs> foreman there, and he just takes them and goes, ah, yes, these reports will be very helpful for me in understanding what happened, even though you've just said it out loud next to him to the other watch captains. <laughs> he like rolls them up and puts them in smaller scroll cases that are like on his belt. He goes, oh, so much paperwork being here. And he, like, rolls the big scroll back up and puts it back in his big scroll case. And he goes, well, you four have done well. You deserve some bonuses. Why don't we go and hand those out? And he just starts walking off in the other direction. And the rest of the crowd stands there. He turns around and goes, well, get back to work that needs repairs. We're going to start mining again tonight. And he just turns around and keeps walking. The crew's all, like, 15. hustle into motion. You got a what? I got 15 for medicine. 15 for medicine. Uh, this dude is real burnt up, but you're able to stabilize him by using, like, water from the river and everything, and you kind of, like, you, you get him to where he's not hurting any worse, but he's still unconscious, and he's not looking great. How much are people focused on me? Not a whole lot. Uh, I'm going to try and cast uh, Cure Wounds discreetly with the plant. Okay. Uh, let me roll perception. Roll stealth oh, with I advantage. Awesome. They they are strictly anti-union down here. Or at least that's the vibe <laughs> that I get. You said roll <laughs> stealth with advantage. Yeah, roll stealth with advantage because everyone's real distracted. But I'm still um, gonna roll uh, perception just to see if anyone notices. I'm wearing chainmail, which gives me disadvantage. Would that apply, or can I roll? They would full cancel advantage? out. Okay, I wasn't sure if like the chainmail would would matter in this roll specifically. Um, no, I mean, it matters. Okay. It makes it hard to move stealthily, like you have to make big moves because it's heavy, so. I got a seven. All right. Luckily for you, they got a four. So Yay. you uh, successfully uh, cast Cure Wounds, and his eyes open. He goes, am I dead? Am I? What happened to the, I'm out of the machine. I'm, I'm out of the machine. And he looks up at you like, thank you, thank you. Oh, I, I, I didn't save you. I just healed you. Um, and I look for, for um, Nelson. Uh, the rest of your group has been let off for commendations. They're walking off into the distance. <laughs> We're oh. getting bonuses. Yeah. Um, he's in that group up there. His name is Nelson. Nelson, he brought you down, and then I uh, treated you. Nelson. <laughs> and I treated your wounds. Uh. Well, thanks for doing that anyway. And he, like, sits up and kind of, like, brushes himself off. He's like, oh, everything hurts. He, yeah. like, s just stays sitting there for a little while. And he goes, I'm going to take the day. And he, like, yep. <laughs> rolls over and starts limping off. As he starts walking off into the distance, you actually see one of the supervisors walks over and grabs him by the arm and is like, uh, excuse me, you're not out of the penalty box yet. And just immediately turns him around and walks him over towards another one of the scaffolds. 
I'm gonna run to catch up to to my friends. Okay. Uh, you run to catch up to your friends just as they make it to that gigantic building that's kind of on wheels. Um, it's got the Bright World Company logo on the front of it. You are led inside. There's like a little antechamber with like like a waiting room, you know? It's got like little coffee tables and stuff in there. There's a couple of like cheap drinks, whatever. You're led through there. You get past all that and into this big expansive office on the ground floor. Um, and the man sits down in front of you and goes, all right, you probably haven't met me because I'm a busy guy, but my name's Phalos. I'm the uh, foreman here. And you've all done great work today. Well, except for you, I'm not really sure what you did. He looks at Zothkug. But, uh, you know, if you're with these guys, then sure, you can have the commendation too. What's a little money to me? And he, he turns around and, you know, puts his scroll case down. And you see him, he sits that big scroll case along the back wall and then locks it into place with like a padlock and a chain before he turns back and um, looks in his desk. He's been rooting through drawers and trying to find stuff, and eventually he pulls out four small um, money bags that he hands you. Each money bag has five wingle digits and 12 gold pieces in it. And he hands that to you, and he goes, all right, all right, now uh, you can take the rest of the day off, especially as rookies. This is pretty exemplary. We weren't really expecting anything of you for a while. Uh, in fact, if you guys keep this up, we might have some work for you on the uh, expansion side of things. That's where the real money is anyway. You get to keep some of the loot. So uh, we can maybe work that in. For now, why don't you head back to your barracks and take the rest of the day off? Uh, thank, thank you, you sir. sir. By the way, I, I'm a medic, so I, I treated the guy that was brought down. Oh, but that's what you did. You think I care? <laughs> <laughs> just letting you know. I'm just, just kidding just... with you. That's good work. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. Um, nice. On your way out th in the office, you see that he's got like scrolls everywhere, but only the one corner of the room has locked scroll cases. And there's the big one that he carries, and then there are several small like ledger-sized books that are above it that are locked into place. And you can also see a set of scroll cases with the Scale and Sons logo on them, like incoming and outgoing mail. Um, those are all locked in place. You also spot several of the, the like writs of employment, but they're blank. No one has written on them yet. Um, and you see several crates in the um, like embedded into the walls, like a wall safe. They've got fancy locks on the front of them that you you know you recognize a lock, but you've never seen one of this construction before. Um, so that's all in his office, as well as a couple pieces of fine art. Um, and that is that's what you see. Nice. Mr. Thalos, if it's, a, if it's all the same to you, I think I'll go ahead and continue working the rest of the day. By the way, my name's Pebble. This is Nelson, Roach, and Box. We're kind of a kind of a crew. We were friends before we joined up here. And so just wanted to introduce myself. Thank you for the opportunity and look forward to working here further. I admire that work ethic, Pebble. I do. You get back out there and you get back to work. Yeah, um... Me, me and Zoth, we, uh, me and Box, we got a, we got a, what was that? Out. <laughs> What'd you call him? Oh, that's, it's an old childhood thing. We grew up together. It's actually true. I won't make you roll. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you what? Wait, we, we grew up together. No, you were saying you and him were going <laughs> to something. We were in the middle of uh, an inspection. Oh, yeah? Uh, what were you inspecting? Uh, well, 
We wanted to check if there were safety violations, and we're new, so we just kind of started checking everything around. What all did you check? Well, uh, we checked a bridge, right? Um, we checked some counters, some chairs, tables. <laughs> no, I once, I, I once saw somebody, you know. We checked a tower. Break a table, and it... It hurt him. We checked a tower. It was there was fire. this one guy who kept taking his gloves off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you caught that. You guys are turning out to be great inspectors or something. Um, Alan, Alan will like, uh, kind of start walking towards the exit and mm -hmm. just kind of like he's realizing that the longer that his friends are here talking to this person the more chance of things going wrong is gonna happen <laughs> and okay. he, just, he just says thank you sir for the commendation and uh we will return to work uh when requested or when like uh i don't know because he said like post haste, yeah, post -haste. Yeah. and uh will and opens the door starts walking out and kind of has the door open for his friends to join him in leaving. <laughs> well, any man, uh, it was nice to meet you, boss man. It's good to meet you too. <laughs> have a have a good rest of your day off, and then uh, except for you, obviously, uh, Pebble, you, you're working hard. You're gonna climb the ladder quick here, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, I think my next meeting's actually coming up here. Caraway, Caraway. Let's see if he's out there. And he walks out to the like antechamber room with you. Um, as you walk out, you do see Garthos Caraway is there in the antechamber with his head in a book. He's reading a book as you walk out into the antechamber. Um, Wash, you do recognize him, or I should say Jeb. Jeb recognizes yeah. Garthos. Um, he's sitting there with his head in a book. He's reading. Do I, see, do I have to roll to notice if Jeb reacts? Does Jeb react? I don't know, Jeb. Do you react? Um, he'll stop for a second. And, uh, you know, just kind of side-eye him a little bit. Nothing, nothing mean or anything like that. I mean, I think Jeb feels pretty well concealed. You know, he's in, he's in completely different clothes. He met the guy once. Um, and Jeb's, you know, he's, he's got a big oversized hard hat on. I mean, and come on, we all know all mole folk look alike, so. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe Jeb feels confident yeah. in that, uh, maybe he'll second guess because he doesn't want to seem racist against mole folk. <laughs> <laughs> Do good old dirt. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I mean, Alan's just, Alan's leading the way. He's, he's walking yeah, out of there. I'm, he doesn't, he doesn't know this man. Don't know uh, this man. You all leave, ships passing in the night style. Uh, Garthos looks up, looks towards you, and looks over to his boss, who he's clearly been waiting to meet for a while. And he's like, hey, good to see you, Phelos. And he like, shakes his hand and follows him back into his office. And you make it back out into the open area. Uh, you are able to see that there are crews hard at work on stabilizing that other tower and kind of recovering it. And you can or hear... 
Sorry. Um, well, um, and you can hear even in like the sort of random people who are just walking around doing other aspects of business, everyone is whispering about someone like stopped that tower from falling over. We've never had a tower recovered. Like, you know, it's people are really shocked that a tower was able to be saved in an explosion. Can I do a thing when we exit the building? Sure. Um, can I take a couple minutes and ritual cast alarm across the doorway? Yes, you may. It, it lets me it lets me designate a target, um, and it'll mentally ping me when somebody crosses the threshold of it. Is it a one-time um, like use to... or a long-time thing? Um, supposed to ask me too many details. <laughs> Sorry, I no, can, okay. I can I look that up. Don't worry about it. Um, yes, you can take the time to ritual cast. I believe the ritual it lasts casting for, eight for you. Hours. Okay, the ritual casting yeah. for you is ten minutes. Yes. Yeah. So you can spend ten minutes doing that, but people are going to see you there for ten minutes dumping weird dust on the ground at the front door. <laughs> you care about that? Um. <laughs> how confident do I feel that I can do it inconspicuously and make it look like security guard work? <laughs> Just security stuff. Yeah, just yeah, security stuff. Because I feel like when people come by and like give me weird looks, I'd, I'd be like, "What are you back to work? You know, what are you doing?" Uh, yeah, it seems like everyone is pretty much like no one is looking towards you right now with any suspicion. So probably if you were just like go back to your work, like mind your business, they would probably be fine with that. Okay. Um, yeah. So when so when a, a creature crosses its threshold, I'll get a mental ping if I'm within one mile of it. Got it. Mm. Just don't go up a giant scaffold. <clears throat> That's true. That would put you a mile up. Um. So, uh, um, Nelson, uh, were we assigned a room yet? Uh, I were we actually? I don't. I don't know. No. <laughs> oh. Um. Do we know where? Uh, to find that commanding officer who oriented us like watch where captain or, renner yeah um or you like can, you can look for him uh how about you or like i i feel like because alan doesn't know that the other side of the river is the barracks right. he would just like um we could ask someone where where the rooms are i mean guys you guys know where the rooms are zoth oh, zoth okay. and fox have been over there I, it looks looks like barrack style. I'm, I'm sure if we just go in and find a free bed. Yeah. We, we I believe that that would be um, like uh, no one would no one would bat an eye probably likely if we did that. So Alan, yeah. Um, let's let's head that way. It's. Do you guys know where that is? Uh, yeah. yeah, we passed it during our inspections, right? So, yeah. perfect, yeah. Uh, right? Uh, box, box, box. Definitely box. inspected lots of things. Ox, I, I would be. Call them. <laughs> I would be uh, personally uh, okay with trying to find a private spot within the barracks and attempting to perhaps talk a little bit about what we've seen so far. Strategize. I I feel like I failed in my initial plan. <laughs> That's okay, uh, uh, Roach. 
Jeb, what are you going to be up to while they do this? Besides um, your, I'm gonna, your... Yeah, I'm going to hang out and do that alarm spell. And, like, I figured I'd, I'd hunt him down. I mean, this isn't a huge complex. I could probably, like, even pick him out of a out of a crowd pretty easily. Okay. But uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try it, like, figure out where they're going to meet up later, like room-wise, barracks-wise, or whatever. But then I'll spend the day kind of checking out the rest of the uh, Wingle Digit supply chain. Like, I want to I wanna see the whole whole process, where it, like, wh where the sacrium gets melted, like how they're refining the, you know, the powder and, and this, that, and the other. Got it. And where it's all cut. I, like, I want to get it to its source. Like, we saw the end product. I want to see the beginning, and I want to, like, follow the chain backwards. Sounds good. Um, okay, so the three of you head off towards the barracks. Um, dang, now I'm getting confused between Pebble and Jebediah. I almost called you Jebel. Uh, <laughs> Jebel, you, you are able to spot them if you want to follow them, but you see them leaving the compound through a door on the right side wall. Um, through that, like, if you don't follow them, you, you won't know where they went, but they can't be that hard to find even out there, and I right? guess the logic for I'll us shoot him a message. Is, yeah. Well, and also, like, he was like, well, I'm going to keep working. So we were just like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to let him go? I'll shoot him a message. Oh, okay, from, yeah. You know, a ways away and just be like, hey, guys, I'm going to, you know, let me know where you're, where you're staying. I'm going to finish out my shift and check out the rest of this Wingle Digit stuff. And meet Is there a way we can... We can you shoot respond, can respond. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we'll um, be in the barracks, uh, just through this door, and I give him instructions on where, where it is. Cool. You can't miss it. Um, okay, so you three wander off. I'm going to talk to Wash for a little bit here, and then we'll come back to you. Um, Wash, you spend the rest of your day getting this information, so after this talk, I'll probably spend the rest of the session with the other three. Um, but you spend the rest of your day figuring out how the supply chain works. Here's how the supply chain works. Raw sacrium is mined from the earth above you. It's mined through uh, a mixture of like machine-looking things with dwarves strapped inside them that you have not really encountered before, um, and just like laborers with pickaxes wearing those same blue coveralls like you saw handed out to the newbies this morning. That material is cut off in big chunks and then tossed down 200 foot stretches of iron pipe. At the bottom of each pipe, it impacts a little cap and breaks into smaller pieces, which are evaluated by the people at that chute. They look through that chunk of rock to see what ores, if any, are in there. If it's gold, it goes through one ramp. If not, they drop it further. At the next one, they're looking for silver and then copper and so on and so forth until at the bottom, they're looking for sacrium. And the raw sacrium, because it's just this fine black powder, like the more they pulverize the rock, the more of it they are just mining by proxy. So when it gets to the bottom, there's not very much work left to do. All they do is kind of crush it like you would with a mortar and pestle, but it's a slightly larger version of that tool. So they, they kind of crush it down into its base components. And it's not 100% sacrium, but it's pretty close. It's usually like a you know 70 to 80% sacrium to just generic slate stone ratio. And then they send that in big buckets of dust. It goes to one of the refineries. Now, the other rooms along the wall, there are refineries for the other ores too, but only to put them into a state that can be shipped and sold elsewhere. They don't like refine gold into bars or anything like that here. They just mm. package it in a way that can be easily transported and then ship it off. Does the, the packaging look similar to that first way station that we saw? 
Yes. Where we found that big crate of gold and silver ore. Yes, it does. It looks just like that. Good connection. Oh. Um, the So the packaging is just like that with the same, it's got the Bright World Company logo on the top of it, just like that one had. Um, you, But when you follow the sacrium powder, the raw powder goes into a refinery where they use jeweler's tools to sift through the dust. They use really fine sieves and magnifying glasses and things to really separate it until they have like a 95% concentration of sacrium. Um, and then once that stage is done, the kind of pure-ish sacrium dust, the best they can get it, that sacrium dust is sent to be superheated. And they have a room, and all that room is doing is heating sacrium. And what's kind of funny about that room is that the table that's heating the sacrium takes wingle digits. So they have to spend some amount of their material in order to superheat the material to make more of it. So it must be, I mean, assuming the economy of scale is positive here, it must just, you know, the cost must justify it. Um, but they, they put in a coin stick of wingle digits, the table, which has this big depression in it. It's like a giant bowl. Like if you've ever had Korean barbecue or whatever, where they put it all on the <laughs> table in front of you, it's like that. Um, it like superheats and they end up with this molten glassy kind of puddle. And then it appears the spell tensors floating disc is being used to move that same glassine bubble. They move it to the side and kind of funnel it into um, the buckets that you saw in the final refinery room. It goes into that room where they pour that into castings. They pull out the casting, super cool it, do something to it, etch something in it, do some other kind of complicated refining work, put it back in and pour another heated coating on it, freeze that down in an ice chest, like a clamshell box that's full of ice, freeze that down until it cools and hardens into a wingle digit, at which point they package it in a coin stick and toss it off to the side to be shipped out. So that's the process of refining those. It does not appear that this particular location has anything to do with constructing ciphers, but some of the carts that come into the location are bringing ciphers, and you can see that as ciphers come in, they are usually taken to one of two places. One of those places is those front booths where things are handed out to workers and stuff like that. And the other place is that big Bright World Company sort of trailer, if you will, where um, they are taken in and then up the stairs, but you don't follow them upstairs because that would be a little sus. But you can at least see that they take them into that building and upstairs to something or other. And I mean, we're talking boxes upon boxes of them. The boxes are not labeled in any way besides the Bright World Company logo on one side and on the other side, the Summit Banking Guild's logo. Um, the that's pretty much the whole supply chain. So yeah, that's that's the, notice, the way that they're refining it. Do I notice anything about where they're keeping spell scrolls? Ah, because so, to to my understanding, the ciphers consume like are loaded with a spell scroll, and then that scroll is powered through the wingle digits that are that are fed into it as well. That is correct. The spell scrolls are also being kept in the top floor of the Bright World Company trailer. And you find this out almost by accident when one of, you're walking by one of the tables that's giving new people their equipment. And one of them goes, shoot, I'm out of scrolls. I got to go run over to the trailer really quick. It's on the left, right? Top, top floor, first door on the left. And the other guy's like, that's exactly where they are. Go, go get them. And so he like runs over and grabs a bunch. And he like checks, you know, do you guys need any? Do you need any? And he runs over there. Um, if you want, you can go there and investigate. I would like to investigate. I'm curious about what kind of spells that they're using. Okay. So you find your way 
into the trailer. You're just gonna go right up the stairs. There's nobody in the antechamber, yeah. but the dude is ahead of you. Um, okay, so you go. You I'm walking, go walking pretty confidently. I mean, it's just yeah. you know, security stuff. You just walk up the rounds. steps, and in front of you, one of the lab coat people from those front um, tables is turning a complicated lock, like a tumbler lock. You know, he's he's spinning or a combination lock, I should say. He's spinning it, putting in some combination. And then click, it opens, and he slides open the vault door. Unfortunately, you get there too late to see the whole combination, but the last number is 14. Um, you, he, he opens up the, the door, swings it open, and you can see just like shelves upon shelves laden with single stacked sheets of parchment. None of these are rolled. They are all cut to the exact size of a cipher. And the, um, the shelves are not labeled or anything like that but he goes in and pulls a handful of sheets off of a shelf like he knows exactly what he's looking for and turns around and sees you for the first time oh uh, uh hello sorry i didn't see you there is, there is everything okay um i stay in the doorway like i don't come in mm -hmm. because i'm like you know i figure this is a restricted area right um but i just say you know just just doing my rounds um i'm the guy that kept the tower from falling off i noticed the door was unlocked Figured it probably wouldn't be a good idea for you to, you know, come in here and leave the door unlocked behind you. So I'll keep watch while you're doing your work. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. And he turns back around and he's, you know, <laughs> kind of like picking out a couple other scrolls, puts a little pile together for himself. He wraps it in twine, like keeps it flat, but then wraps that package in twine. And then um, like very gingerly holding it with both hands. He goes, okay, I'm, I'm ready to leave. Do you mind locking oh, it behind hey. me? Uh, yeah, but do, do you mind topping me off? And I hold out my my cipher. It's like I'm I'm kind of new here, and I hadn't been. I somebody told me that I was supposed to get some standard issue spell scrolls. Mm, of course. Uh, one moment, and he turns around and like very gingerly, as if he's being watched by someone who's looking for safety violations, sets the like <laughs> papers down in like exact like a very gentle spot, exactly within like a tape outline on a thing where you can set scrolls that you're working with. And he goes, uh, do you remember what it was charged with? And he takes it, takes it from you. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm new and it was just issued. I'm, I'm not sure. They just said to get the standard ones. Uh, okay. Well, here, here's the handful of the standard ones. And he grabs one scroll of Dancing Lights, which he gives you. He grabs one scroll of Cure Wounds, cast at first level, which he gives you. He grabs one scroll of Hold Person, which he gives you. And he grabs one scroll of dark vision, which he gives you. Uh, and he goes, these are, these are the usual ones that they hand out to security guards. If your role gets specialized or whatever, they'll probably tell you what you need. Um, but yeah, anyway, do you, mind, do you mind locking up behind me? I, you know, I have yeah, my hands yeah, full. Two points of contact, right? And he like winks right, at you right, like he's, no yeah, he steps past yeah. you. And so you are now alone in the room of, of scrolls. Um, I'll, uh, is, is he just like, did he just go down? He has gone downstairs. He's left. Okay. Um, I will just take a quick minute. Like, I don't want to hang out too long, mm -hmm. but I just kind of want to want to talk the room. Like, not wreck it or anything like that, but I want to take a look around and kind of see what's in here. Okay. Any per particularly high-level spells? Floor to ceiling is covered with spell scrolls. You'll notice here, I have a set of cards. Uh, thanks, mother-in-law and father-in-law, for my spell cards for Christmas. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them. 
and no, I do not know what they are. So you can As roll it. Yeah. I I just want for for transparency and uh, and whatnot. Um, I would just like to to remind you because I haven't done this yet in game. I am a wizard, so I can transcribe any of these into my spell book. Okay. Um, just for, for I don't want to break your game or anything nope. like that. You may roll a d10. A d10. And it will tell you which of the ten spells I have here you find in your quick search. Zothkug, would you mind rolling me a d10? Sure, uh, it'll be online if that's okay. The yeah. virtual d10. I can do that. All right. You ready for the results? Give me, give me some good. I got a four. One, two, three, four. You find a scroll of hex. It is a first level enchantment. You place a curse on a creature that you can see within range. Until the spell ends, you deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever you hit it with an attack. Also, choose one ability when you cast the spell. The target has disadvantage on ability checks made with the chosen ability. Dang, this is a good spell. That's if the target spell. drops yeah, to zero hit points before this spell ends, you can use a bonus action on a subsequent turn of yours to curse a new creature. A remove curse cast on the target ends this spell early. And do I have time? Do I have time to grab another? Or like, what's what's the risk of hanging out here for a while? Uh, if you grab another, I'm going to clear the tension pool, which has five dice in it. Oh. Okay, so what I would like to do then, like, I don't want to tempt the fates. On my way out, I would just like to grab um, some blank paper. I presume that that the that there's like spell scroll paper here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I would just like to to fill my sack with a, with like like a ream or two of paper. <laughs> there are. 27 pages of unused spell paper in the, like, open ream. And then the full packaged ones are still there. So if you wanted to be certainly undetectable, you could take the open ones. Or if you want, you can grab the ream and someone might notice. Um, what would that... Tra I know this is, might be stretching it, but what would that translate into gold pieces worth of paper? I have no idea. I okay, will well, we can figure that out, out later. Yeah, I'll find out at the end of the session. <laughs> When I, when I transcribe spells into my spell book, uh, they measure it in gold. It's like how many gold worth of paper. So I see. Um, but it's like it's like supposed to be really high quality, so that that might even out somewhere. We can figure that out later. Got it. Um, I will I will grab a full ream. All right. And um, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to like pull the ream and leave the open one on top of the stack, so it looks like the stack is just lower. Got and it. that it's like the, got the open one on the top. Got it. You take the ream. Okay. And I slap it all in my pack and I go out and shut the door. Okay. And I, I guess I figure out how to lock it. Like I just, you twist just the, push it together. Yeah. yeah. Locking a combination lock is pretty easy. Just push it together and spin. Um, you've, gotcha. you've encountered that before. Um, so that, that all happens. Uh, are you doing anything else with your day of learning before you head back to the group? A day of nope, learning. I, it has been a day of learning, uh, and Jeb heads down and whistles a, a nice little tune. <laughs> All and right. As he's as he's kind of going around for the rest of the day, for, he's trying to get his name out there, Pebbles. 
Like, I, I want okay. to try and establish with a decent number of people that this guy's name is Pebbles. Should he encounter Garthos, he's got, like, people to back him up. Like, no, no, that's Pebbles. That's the guy, you know, you must have him confused with someone else. So <laughs> I just want to get great. my name out there. That's awesome. Reminder about the alarm spell. Uh, yep. His, oh, yeah. yeah. Did the... Did it trip? Yeah, your alarm trips successfully while you're there. Um, like for the, the dude who came in and went out. It has not tripped for Garthas Caraway as far as you know. Like you watched the dude go in and your alarm spell tripped. And then when he left, you felt it trip. But it, it has not done other than that. Okay. Yep. Mm. Yep. As you're, Everybody else can do their thing. As you make it to the edge of the compound, like just as you're stepping out into the street, you do feel the alarm spell trip for Garthas leaving. Okay. Um, I'm going to jump over to our other three adventurers. Uh, Matt has become a chair. Um, <laughs> Matt the chair. Rip him. I don't know where he went. I don't know where don't he know went either. either. Probably uh, bathroom. So Fox uh, begins sleepwalking next to you. Just, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, what do you two want to do? Fox will just follow along and be quiet. <laughs> uh, we're going to the barracks and finding sort of a secluded or private area to yeah. talk. Yeah. Okay, the barracks are made up of several large, like, kind of, they're like hastily constructed buildings that can be torn down and moved easily when the mine itself moves, and it's pretty easy to spot them. They say barracks on them in big blue paint. It's been, like, just painted over the door of each one. Um, you walk into one of them, perhaps the, the biggest one, and you go explore, chairperson Matt, chat says. Yeah, amazing. Um, that, was, you, that was fantastic. You walk into one of them, and you you see it's a common room on the bottom floor with like the most barren of mess halls like they have like a continental breakfast kind of thing um you go up some stairs and then each floor is rows and rows of bunks and wait there are okay where were you, Matt? I'm sorry. I that lost was hilarious. Die and I still can't find oh. it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just saw you. This is this is just what I saw. Like just like. And now he's here. Like it was just... <laughs> yeah, no, I was like hunched over under the desk, but like you know that moment where you you quite don't want to get out of the chair, so your your your, your butt's still attached to the chair, yep. even though you're you're basically crawling. That the yeah, yeah, that's yeah. butt glued to the chair. There you go. Cool. All right, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Anyway. Each floor is rows and rows of bunks. There are like five floors in each barracks building. Um, looking for seclusion, like you can make your way up to the topmost floor. Um, people don't want to go upstairs after a long day of work. So the topmost floor, the bunks are not all occupied, so you have relative privacy that way. And it does seem okay. like people are, are kind of like putting up a little curtain around their bunk or maybe two bunks or whatever. Like that, that kind of thing seems to be normal, but it doesn't block any sound. Like it, you know... It it's the middle of the day, right? Yeah, there's no one in here right now. It's the yeah. middle of the day. Let's okay. go to the top floor, put the curtain up, and then we can talk. I, that sounds, I believe that's a, a great idea. So, let's do that. I'm going to have to teach y'all a language. <laughs> oh, no. Teach you some language. Oh, no, yeah, what? You head up to the top floor. That happens. Yep. Okay. Uh, we're going so, to build the bunk on the end, putting the curtain around it, and then we're going to yep. huddle up. Okay, so once we do that, Alan will kind of whisper more, you know, not, not trying to talk too loud, but like, well, 
Did you, uh, you two find anything interesting or in connection with what? anything we've seen so far? The food's good. <laughs> it's all right. Well, I mean, it's, it's good for being a mile underground. That's true. Well, uh, uh, besides that, you can solicit briberies and payoffs. I was in I the mean, middle. That's unsurprising. Of trying to maybe uh, warm up to some of the other newbies, figure anything they may not know. How they got into this situation? Where are people getting hired? When uh, y'all blow up a tower? So. Well, I mean, I was not involved in the tower blowing up. However, I was able to get there quickly because. You were I was involved. Near it. You got a combination for it. Well, I didn't. I didn't create the explosion. I helped stop the fire and save the life of someone. But you guys think there's 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 a med bay here? I think my skills would be better better used there, and I could also learn a, a little bit of different information. I wouldn't rock the boat. You're already security. I I agree. Um, you your writ of employment. You already have a job. I don't know how kindly they take to people wanting to change career paths here. Doesn't seem like the place that would be. I mean, given the uh, the, the amount of uh, security and workplace hazards there are, I, you'd figure there'd be some. I personally have not encountered any med bay. Um, I agree that that would be practical. However, yes, you have again, you brought you brought one to me. No, 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 a med bay. Like oh, a place, a specific a, a, yeah, like a medical tent of some sort. I, uh, I, I would assume that would be helpful, and I think that would be a good idea. But like, I don't know if this place would want, like, if they were too worried about that. Personally, hmm. that's that's we... the impression I get. Well, um, like I said, don't rock the boat. Your security, deal with it. Um, is my opinion, but, uh, yeah, no, I, it, I'm sorry. We don't have a lot. Uh, do you have something to share with us? Jeb and I, uh, were able to look at the, the end of the process of creating the wingle digit from the sacrium, which I mean, I, I know we've theorized this a bit before, how, but it seems this confirms that that is what's happening here. The Brightwood Company is creating wingle digits from Sacrium. Okay. Um, they seem to, what I would guess from what I saw, is they mine it, they purify it in some way, and then they melt it and pour it into these casts, these, you know, these forms for molds. wingle digits, these molds. Then... They do some sort of extra process to it that I personally do not understand yet. Um, and then once it is all, you know, dried and hardened, it's a wingle digit, um, which is extremely interesting to me. Where the wingle digits are being taken after that, I, I don't know. And how, you know, what even Sacrium is and how it's connected to the magic being gone and the ma and the connection to... Zoth's vision, visions is still completely up in the air. Um, but that that's that's what Jeb and I found so far. I I think we need to find mm. some find the the magic rivers and sort of see where they lead or go to. Well, actually, uh, I, I I definitely think 
if we want to get any more done here, um, maybe figuring more about the process of how they're made might help. But I think the real thing is uh, see if they're trying to hide anything, mm. right? I mean, we see this right now as from like the bottom level. Yeah. If we can somehow get our eyes or ears on a conversation of the higher ups, maybe we can figure out if they're hiding things. What if we become a higher up? I'm not working here for three years. That may take some time. I agree. Um, I think that that, especially while we're here, that may be the most beneficial way. Um, and I do believe as the changeling among us, Fox, you may be the best suited for, I mean, for that. I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, that's, uh, in the middle of trying to do something. Um, before yet again you blow up a tower so well hopefully i don't blow up any more towers you know why the tower blew up um it seemed to be that the sacrum that they were mining had simply caught fire the sacrum itself was burning um i mean oh. you remember when we tried to get close to the magic graver it's just random magic happened this is true it could have been a random magical effect or it could be some sort of thing due to, I don't know, the technique of how they're mining. I can imagine perhaps, well, it seems it seems counterintuitive to me that they're able to melt sacrium while at the same time it, sacrium was able to simply catch fire. So I'm a bit confused on that, but yeah, that's, that's what seemed to be happening. Jake, your scientific inquiring mind, you can, you can imagine a connection between the fact that sacrium powder, like when it's raw, is really volatile and has some wild magic effects, and mm -hmm. maybe this being like a wild magic effect, like a side effect of trying to mine it. Like okay. maybe if you strike it directly instead of mining around it or something, it it causes some issue like this. You could make a connection like that for sure. Okay. I will say that connection. Yeah. <laughs> well, what Josh just said, I'll say that. Verbally. Okay. Yeah. In my own words, it's Whoa. not plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like day one, while not the most successful, also wasn't uh, the most unprotective. And we also have to hear from um, Pebbles. Hi, Lucram Chan. Welcome to the chat. Hello. Oh, hello. I hello. will say, guys, um, I think my, my objective is I'm trying to observe get people's mannerisms but i'm definitely getting in that office okay i think that's a good long-term plan while i think the rest of us is short-term plans can have to do with fitting into our jobs observing as much as we can and trying to gain as much knowledge from our co-workers as possible while you're figuring out your plan yes I, I'm going to look for a medbay. I won't necessarily ask for a transfer, but just to see if they have one. They do have you one. Are... It is actually no. in the small set of buildings that you're in, like the lean twos outside the compound. They they just that's where they put it. So there's oh, okay. um there's it's an infirmary, but they have an infirmary that is it's the closest building to the compound. Um it's fairly close to Grub Bugs, Grubs and Mugs. 
Okay. And it's just outside the door. If you like turn right, right as you leave the compound. So it's like along the river, so they have access to water and you know, like they like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. <sighs> um, actually, as you're discovering that, that's when Jebediah Peppermint strolls right on through that door. And so you see Zothkug uh, just kind of admiring the infirmary right next to you. <clears throat> Hey guys, um, woo, big shift, am I right? Yeah, man. Ready, uh-huh. my, my we, dogs we, are barking. I'm ready to kick we, these boots off. We we got a, a bunk uh, up at the top floor. Oh, nice, nice. I feel nice. like Go bunk. Just soft is here, right? The uh, me and uh. I didn't go looking for the med bay. That's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> Al, Alan probably is gonna. Oh, okay. You maybe... went with him. No, no we're saying no. we didn't. You did. They did not. Yeah. Okay. You said me. it in the same tone of voice that you use when you're saying something sarcastically, <laughs> like I didn't do the thing that I just did. So I. Oh. Sorry. I just had to put the pieces together, <laughs> it's just man. Habit, you know. Um, it's yeah. Just let's. Uh, I'll, I'll take you up to our bunk. Whoa. Cool thing, bucks. Buy the man dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you head up Not to the bunk. Cool, the group, cool. the group regroups. Behold, you are together. Yeah. Nice. Boy, I had a long day. What'd Got a long like? night ahead of me too. As a reminder, your alarm has already tripped um, once as you left the as you left the compound. It goes again now. Oh, our. Our friend the Dragonborn is is back in the office, it seems. Oh. No. This is so um I need to like I need to like put all up. Is there anybody else around here? Like do we have a room to ourselves or is are is this like an open barracks and there's not many it's folk around? Open barracks with curtains. Are yeah. they thick woolen curtains? No. They're not really. Um Josh, what's the status on like people coming up to the top floor, like now that the day's over, what's you're nearing the end of the day, but you're still the first ones to get back. So you can hear like some footsteps in the common room beneath you, but it seems like most of the foot traffic, as you look out the window, it seems like a lot of people are stopping by grub bugs, grubs and mugs before they come over to, to the barracks. Yeah. I probably should have did that before, uh, before coming up here and kicking down for the night. Anyway. Um, yeah, I got to throw all my cards on the table. Uh, I bumped into that dragonborn back at Red Hill. Um, oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, and uh, and he kind of doesn't like me. What'd you do? So, are you saying? Well, what do you mean? No idea. I mean, he we, he was a bit of a jerk. Wait, 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 wait. Was are this you saying that's how you why got the Wingle digits? Sorry, is that how you got the Wingle digits? Uh, yeah, I, he, he had like an investment opportunity thing there and I gave him a bunch of gold and I walked out with a case of wingle digits and, uh, I don't think he was too, too keen on the deal. Um, I kind of, uh, you know, rubbed right. a little bit of Jebediah charm on it and, uh, you know, <laughs> made the deal swing in my favor. And, uh, is, is that anyway, why you so were he, attacked? oh no, those guys were different. That was, that was those, those <laughs> guys were unrelated. unrelated. Yeah, <laughs> had nothing. I was good. leaving, and they were like, "Hey, I want all of that stuff. You know, all of your stuff." They were like straight mm-hmm. up trying to rob me. So, uh, yeah, 
I mean, it's a good thing I didn't murder them all. I could have just, you know, but can I roll for insight? I decided to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll insight. Watch your roll deception. Um, I I got a a, a two zero natural. Oh my variety. god, man! No. <laughs> you know. Um, um, I got a. Wasn't that? But it was a solid eight. <laughs> he knows. Pretty solid. Which sucks, because I'm really good at deception, actually. <laughs> That's it's me every okay. time I roll. I feel like, based off of... I, I'm justifying it canon-wise in my head, based off of the conversation we had directly after Red Hill, uh-huh. and just kind of piecing it together, I'm just like... You're reading okay. between the lines? <laughs> I'm reading in between the lines. I'm like, I'm not going to... You obviously don't want the other two to know. I'm just, I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, okay. I'm going to, um, to, to ask or be like, is, uh, yeah, are you okay? How was your day? Like, are you good? Oh, I almost forgot about him. Yeah, are you, you good under there? But yeah, isn't there? Oh, oh no! no. I wrote oh. three complications earlier. Only two of them have manifested. Yeah, is not with you. Did you wait to do this for the cliffhanger? I sure did. Because that's the conclusion of tonight's Dungeons and Dragons gameplay session.